listening to this podcast to hear two guys talk about how much they love Twilight, you might be a redneck. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're listening to Dead and Lovely, the greatest horror movie review podcast in this multiverse and beyond. Here with the host with the most, it is I, Uncle Ben. And me, Hollywood Steve. And, you know, usually whenever we do a, a movie that's kind of on the fringe of all things horror, mm-hmm. such as a, a Twilight. Or Blade, which or we Blade, did last week. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure we're probably going to get some new listeners and stuff that might be tuning in for the first time. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, if you're hoping for some really great news about more people that love Twilight like you. <sighs> Sorry. This is probably not yeah. going to be the episode If you for are you. a Twihard, you might want to turn around right now. <laughs> Twihard, that's what they say? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. We are going to be talking a whole lot shit about yeah. twilight on this episode <laughs> oh my god it's so fucking terrible it is really it's bad it's so fucking yeah. terrible show her hand immediately there's, there's no yeah spoilers there's no like we beating around this bush <laughs> no <laughs> we, we did not like this movie but i have had myself a pretty good week you know it's funny oh, yeah. i feel like it has been a month of sundays since we did a podcast it's, it's actually been, a, been week. a week one single week yeah but, but the thing yep, is, man. is it's been <laughs> one week since we did a show so we did about four episodes, I think, in two weeks or something. No, it was about a week, a little over a week. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, we were really putting in the overtime. So now it's like, now that's kind of back to a normal schedule, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, wow. Been a while since we did yeah. this. But not really. It really hasn't. No. no. What you been doing this week, Steve? Uh, let's see. I've been up to no good. Uh-oh. Look like out. Like Inglewood. Really? Yeah. Fascinating. Uh, mostly, uh, I did some editing, but then was doing... I was trying to really get my research on Twilight on to have something to say. Okay. I got something to say. If, if some Twihard sticks around, they might be like, hey, I didn't know that. Or what an interesting take. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I, I spent some time on that trying to make that good. But I also have discovered by beating Super Mario Brothers every day. Every over, day? Over the week. Yeah. Spring break. I've done it once a day. That's I can now beat it. And th- this is... This is asterisk score, but I can beat it in under 10 minutes. That is not much time at all. Yeah. Now, I'm, I am doing quick saving and quick loading. So, I don't know what that is. Uh, well, I'm playing on an emulator, yeah. so I can just um, I can save wherever. Like, I can just press... Uh, I have it on the triggers, the right trigger and left trigger. I can press the re- right trigger, and if I press the left trigger, it'll reload that exact... Oh, so you're right second. back to where you left yeah. off. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, so I'll Cheater. die. I, I can die like maybe five times in a run but i'm getting to the point where a lot of the things where i first started playing it whenever we had the conversation about i haven't Uh beat mario wherever i first started playing things that seemed impossible are now like easy like simple to do so i also started playing super mario world which i said maybe a couple episodes ago that i had never really played and it's fantastic it's fucking awesome yeah it's it's so fun yeah Yeah. it really is the logical next step to super mario 3 yeah it just added in some new interesting dynamics but stayed i like side scroller platforms yep fun awesome soundtrack oh yeah super tight controls yeah and just wonderful colorful graphics and too much yoshi abuse though yeah yeah a little much you know, did you know, this has been confirmed, Okay. whenever Yoshi sticks his tongue out, Mario punches Yoshi in the back of the head to make him do it. Oh yeah, he like donkey punches him, yeah. totally. Yeah, full on donkey punch. That's not nice. That's not nice. That's not a very <laughs> nice way to do that, Mario. That's animal abuse. <laughs> why did they make that? Like, why couldn't they have done something else? Like, Mario didn't even have to do anything. No. Yoshi could just do the motion. 
Dude, I heard that the original draft was that Mario was going to have this, like, dreadlock that he, like, inserted into a port in the back oh, of Yoshi's head. yeah. And they're and actually having sex the whole time. Yeah, yeah. And they're yeah. linking up and uh -huh. stuff like that. I think that's what Avatar style. Oh, no, that was Avatar. Yeah. Right, right, right. Okay. That's I'm Navio, not Mario. Oh. Yeah. It's me, Navio. <laughs> <laughs> I got the unobtainium. <laughs> oh, man, that movie's Un a shit. Unobtainium, it's called. Fuck. You oh my God. at no point, no one stopped and said, "Let's just not do that." Maybe that's a dumb name. How about somethingum? That's better. Yeah, somethingum is better than unobtainium. Boy, that sounds hard to get. <laughs> Look, so you've been getting your gaming on. That's pretty dope, man. Yeah, I look yeah. forward to hearing your continuing adventures through the yeah, well, world I'm, of Super Mario. Yeah, well, I, I'm really just prepping to start streaming games, and yeah. I don't. I, I'm going to be streaming horror games, but I don't want to play those because the fun is the fact that I don't know anything about them, and I legit get afraid of horror games. <laughs> I yeah. you say yikes? Yeah, jump scares and horror games. I, I mean, jump scares in general work on everybody because it's a startle response, and you can't. Stop yeah, yourself. you can't There's, help it. Yeah, but uh, horror game jump scares devastate me. Wow, I can't, I can't deal with them. So that's right gonna on. be fun. <laughs> You've been watching anything? What did I watch? I watched Overlord. Overlord, the J.J. Abrams zombie movie. I've been wondering about that. If it was any good, how was it? I enjoyed it. It was yeah. fun. I thought the depict, like the opening of the movie, is the strongest part for sure. It is. It is a very good depiction of war and how brutal and and ridiculous and scary it is. Okay. The ending would be more divisive, I think, because I saw John Latour also watched it and he did not like the ending. And I, I won't say anything about. The okay, ending, yeah, don't spoil except, it. You know, we we already know it's a World War II zombie movie. Can you give me like a yeah back of the box kind of summary of what this would be about? Because I don't know anything uh, about it actually. See, secret military strike on a particular target where they don't know everything about what's going on there, and then they slowly find out what's going on there, and it's horrific. And, scary. and it's zombies. Yeah, it's kind of, you know kind of a concentration camp idea sort of thing, but more. Uh, more of the super soldier idea, hmm, you know, because okay. zombies yeah. were trying to create a super soldier. Not, not zombies, Nazis. <laughs> zombies <laughs> might be currently they, they trying to create a super to soldier. Yeah. I can't say that they're not. Yeah, I mean, not that Nazis were the only ones trying to create a super soldier. We were doing it here in America too. Mm -hmm. Steve so, Rogers. Yeah, based on a true story, based Captain on America. True story. Everybody knows that. You may have heard of him, huh? That so was the movie pretty good. I enjoyed it. I had a lot hmm. of fun with it. It's on Hulu, so it's definitely worth a watch. Maybe it's on HBO. I have my HBO through Hulu. Okay, yeah, yeah. same, same. Yeah, but it, I think it's worth a watch. I think I thought it was really fun and an interesting like way of doing zombies that has done, been done a little bit before, and hmm. you've seen it in video games and stuff. But it uh, it's fun still. I think. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'd like to get a, I'd like to get a pull to that, yeah. Steve. All right. Talking about this movie's making me thirsty. I gotta crack me open a co beer. What is this right here in front of us? Fortunately, we got ourselves a couple of cold ones from some very fantastic fans. Yes, we did. Got them in the mail this week, even. Yep. Jason and Miles sent us these all the way from the Pacific North Northwest. And this one that we're going to be tasting right now is a Great Notion Brewing Booberry Muffin. Booberry Muffin. They yeah. sent us this, and they sent us a couple other ones we're going to space out over the next couple episodes yeah. here. That way we can further enjoy them. But today we're both rocking our pints of booberry muffin and i gotta say on top of sending us a couple of great k 
code beers. Hey, this is a really he nice, sent us a note. very sweet letter. Thanks, Thank you guys. guys so much for your fandom yeah. support and for your beers. This pulls for you. It says here on the the thing that it's made with uh, it's made with blueberry cereal. So really, we if you haven't seen our monster cereal taste test video go check yeah, that out to find year. out how we feel about boo beer that's right now i'm pouring this into the glaze right now and it is a kind of a plum oh, color yeah wasn't expecting that oh and you can smell the booberry immediately yes, it's like super blueberry smelling oh my gosh i don't even know what kind of like beer this is is it a sour or, well, or what is it this? it says on here uh, with a passion for hops and the patience for sour. So maybe it's mm. a hoppy sour? Yo, speaking of which, man, speaking mm. of sours. Sour. So right down the street from me in the old city in Knoxville, Abridged, which is uh -huh. maybe my favorite brewery in, really good in Knoxville. Mm -hmm. Phenomenal, but they're out in like West Knoxville. Yeah. They opened up this thing called the Oak Room, which Seriously? is their all sours place. And, and dude. Where is it? It's like down central. Okay. It's fucking absurd. Wow. Like, holy shit. Okay. It really, really reminded me of like going to Asheville and going to the Funkatorium. Okay. Where that's just what they specialize yeah. in and they just kill it. Uh-huh. Dude, we've got to go. Yeah. They're only open I'm Fridays and Saturdays. Yeah. You will be out of your mind in love with this place. Is there a way? You think there'd be a way to line up their opening hours and a Dopo's opening hours for the same oh. day? Oh, you know oh, how that'd be okay. You know how dopo's open like every other Thursday if the sun <laughs> is in the right place in the sky. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's get ourselves yeah. a taste of this thing here. It smells absolutely fantastic. What do you think about that? What's that do to okay, you? Okay, it is a sour. Okay, it tastes Whoa. so much like cereal when you breathe out through your nose. Yeah. But it doesn't have that gross, cloyingly sweet taste that Booberry has. No. But it is actually it tastes like white tart. Though. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, that for sure has a good tartness to it. Whoa, I can't say I've had anything like that. That's yeah, that's almost, unique. It's almost somewhere in between like the flavor of a sour and also like a really, really tasty energy drink. <laughs> yes. You know what I'm okay, saying? Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has a little bit of that kinda, thing going on like to it. like the blueberry uh, red, red Bull. It's got a that, that kind of sweet, tarty yeah. kind of thing but going on. But in a on. very good way. Dang, that's awesome. I'm really stoked about that. What is that, a 6%er, I think? Mm. Yeah, I enjoy that very much. Thank you guys so much wow. for dropping us a poll in the Some mail. good stuff. Yeah, we love sampling the beers of people all across this great nation. Yeah, just email us, deadandlovelypod at gmail.com. Uh, we'll send you an address. I, I, I believe RDM's patented way of sending beers is uh, to wrap them up real good in bubble wrap. Use the medium-sized priority mailbox... And if they ask you what's in it, say local crafts. That's true. It's not a lie. <laughs> it's not a lie. It is not yeah. a lie. Local crafts. Yeah. yeah, it's a good point. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you guys. This is fantastic. I have had myself a little bit of time to watch a couple of things this week, Steve. Oh, what'd you watch? I went this week and watched a Kevin Smith. Oh, right. Over at the uh, oh, Bijou Theater, man. Uh -huh. Of course, I've been a big old Kevin Smith fan for a long time. Yeah. Uh, as some of you guys might know, he's got his Jay and Silent Bob reboot that mm -hmm. just hit theaters. And him and Jason Mewes are doing a tour where they go around, they show the movie, and then they do kind of a Q&A thing at the end. This is like our third or fourth time seeing Kevin Smith, which is yeah. awesome. And uh, the night before the show, we watched uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Okay. One I of my perennial favorites. Time. 
It's just so great and mm-hmm. dumb and fun. Yeah. It is just seriously like a filthy Looney Tunes cartoon with <laughs> Jan Silent Bob in it and it's live action. I love Strike Back so much. It's fantastic. So we went with uh, with our man Ben Gibson. We had some dinner and we went and watched the uh, reboot show the next day. It's a lot of fun, man. Is it, it is a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I think that like if you are not a dyed in the wool you've seen all the movies you've listened to the podcast Kevin right Smith yeah fan. It, it pays off on a lot of easter eggs i imagine oh i yeah. mean it's it's just 100 percent fan service yeah so if you you don't know all that stuff you're not going to enjoy it so that would explain why there might be some negative reviews yeah yeah really yeah, yeah i think that like at this point in his career I, and i think that kevin smith knows it too um which is smart but it's like i think he knows he's not necessarily gaining new fans no but he's got enough yeah, that, and so you just cater to that's them. That's an audience, yeah. It's the same effect that, like, I think a lot of things that got popular in the 90s, like like Third Eye Blind. Like, who's the last right. new Third Eye Blind fan? But probably 20 years ago. They're still touring, I'm sure. Yeah, and, and they go around. probably still making good money on it. Fuck yeah, dude, I went and saw them, like, two years ago, and it was yeah. an awesome show. I bet. Because they catered to yeah. their fan base that fell in love with them in the 90s, and they played Jumper and fucking... Mm-hmm. I was going to say, did they play stuff. Jumper? What else would they play? Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> Although it really did blow my mind, that band has so many hits, so many. They hits. do, yeah. So I think that Kevin Smith knows that he's just like, yeah, you know what? My fans are my fans that have been my fans for the past twenty years. So yeah. let's just go ahead and give them what they want. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's what horror conventions are, sci-fi conventions, all of that. That's gathering together people who like things that don't get center stage. Yeah, but still, you like them. Yep. You want to go see them. Totally, man. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I recommend seeing it if you're a a big old Kevin Smith fan um, like we are because it was definitely a blast. Yeah. Cool. What'd you guys watch for that streaming chat this week, man? <laughs> Dude, let me tell you. I was I was really fucking busy over this past weekend. Mm-hmm. I had a smooth sailor show at a funeral I had to go to. No. Yeah, so I had kind of a lot going on. <laughs> what if you... Because it sounded like you said this until you said I had to go to. I thought you said I had a smooth sailor show at a funeral. <laughs> Now, that would be quite a way to go out. That's interesting. I think the casket's being lowered into the grave, and it's like, sailing Uh takes me away, (laughs) you know? Just some real easy going. That would work, yeah. It would kind of, yeah, Yeah. it'd be okay. Yeah, that'd be cool. (laughs) Um, So we we watched, what the fuck was it? Okay, The Last Vampire on Earth is what it's called. And again, if you're a first-time listener to the show... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Friday nights, uh, we have a streaming chat thing where... We get on Discord and we stream a movie from YouTube on watchtogether.com. So we're all synced up. Everybody's drinking. Uh, we pick very bad movies. We tend to go with horror movies. That's what I would prefer. But sometimes we watch some other stuff. because fringe stuff. It's just bad. Shake it up. Yeah. So we, we talk shit, get drunk. It's fun. We did The Last Vampire on Earth. Dude, I so wanted to watch this because you sent me the poster, (laughs) and I was like, this looks amazing. It's like a Twilight ripoff. If basically, you know how a lot of guys in the emo period, there'd be like these real broad shoulders dudes that would be like busting out of their emo shirt, and they'd have a lip ring and their hair all in their eyes, but it was like, that dude weighs like... 200 pounds he's working out every day that guy's yeah. ripped nobody's beating him up why is he so sad yeah exactly that's what this dude looked like like awesome. it's just like you're too big for anyone to have <laughs> ever made you emo nobody's been mean to you yeah and then 
Oh, the poor girl. I, she just wasn't an actress. There's no way she was an actress. Yeah. It's just somebody that making the movie was obsessed with her or something and, and wanted yeah, to be I'll like, put you in a movie, babe. Yeah. But she couldn't act. He couldn't eat. Neither one of them could act. It yeah, really yeah. was like... Uh, and there were actually scenes that were very obviously in a community college drama class. Nice. So it really was just like some kids in a drama class were like, let's make a Twilight ripoff. You want to make a movie this weekend? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they did. Oh, and my God. It's basically replaced the Mormon elements in Twilight for Jehovah's Witnesses. And that's it. No so, big changes other than that. <laughs> so it was way more aggressive. No uh -huh. birthday parties. Oh, also no werewolves. But there are no werewolves in the first nah, Twilight either. Really. So, I so, mean, they, they are there, but they never show up. Was this like actually a Jeho Witness movie? Was it put up together by like Jeho Witnesses? I don't think what? so. I think they just picked that maybe because they were more <laughs> familiar with it than Mormonism. <laughs> so how do you tie that mythology in with vampire mythology? They really didn't go out of their way to make anything make sense great but there were some deep conversations between the girl's dad and the vampire because mm. he was a theology guy or something that dad oh also the vampire's name was aurelius <laughs> and no one called him by a nickname of any sort uh, ari or anything yeah, like that just aurelius every time someone addressed him way to blend immortal yeah. person this is great writing this is why teenagers should get to write movies. <laughs> oh my god, dude. So it was amazing is what you're saying. It was fucking terrible. And then we watched Rockula, which is made by the guy Nikola Berkovici who made uh, Ghoulies. I remember you talking about Rockula. Yeah, Rockula is terrible. It's like a rock star vampire or something, right? Uh, it's, it's like if you sewed together a bunch of music videos and all of the songs were a, was a guy singing about how he's a vampire and he has vampire teeth. And then people are like, third act. Wait, you're a vampire? <laughs> now, hang on. I thought that we were talking about Rockula, not Queen of the Damned. Oh, shit. <laughs> Queen <laughs> of the Damned. Yeah, because when we were watching this, Queen that. of the Damned definitely rips off Rockula. <laughs> for sure. Like, dude, there's, a, of course, because it's it's like, uh, I think it was 1988 was the year this was made. Oh, wait, no, it was 90. Of course, because of that, they have, because you, you know how, uh, whenever rap came out, the first response of white people was, well, that's just talking rap is crap. <laughs> and then the next response of white people was, of course, well, we're going to try to do that. Maybe right? I try to do some of yeah. that myself. Well, my name is Jim yep. and I'm here to say Every doing some rap starts a goddamn same day. way. <laughs> it, yeah. So white people in the late eighties, early nineties, all thought every rap was to the same beat. And yeah. I had the same sort of setup structure. <sighs> there are two raps in the movie. Oh my One god, I love by, it already. Okay, so the guy, the, the main guy is the main guy from Ski School and Summer School. Do you remember Summer School? No. Okay, Summer School is one that, is that I have... Like a fucking John Lovitz or somebody? No, no. It's... What's his name? Mark Harmon okay, from no. NCIS. I was thinking of like a Rodney Dangerfield movie or something. Oh yeah. yeah, back to school. Back to school. Mm -hmm. Okay, so mm -hmm. no, I don't know these movies. Summer school has a uh, like a, a place in my heart because this guy Dean, whatever his name is, and some other guy, they're horror movie obsessed guys in the summer school, okay. and they they talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre all the time, and they do like some really cool like special effects stuff. And when I was little, I loved that because I was like, I want to be like those guys. Tommy and then when Jarvis. I was a teenager, I was like, they're fucking dorks. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, anyway, Rockula is terrible, but I I saw it as a kid and I 
I had this like feeling like it was real, but it was pre-internet. Mm. So like you couldn't really check to see if Rockula was real. Okay, yeah. And I also, for some reason, <laughs> like I I mixed up a bunch of stuff that happens in Rockula with uh, a movie called My Best Friend is a Vampire. I know of that one. Yeah. I think maybe I've seen that. That one has... It's another 80s movie, right? Yes. Yeah, I've seen it. And it's got the guy from movie. House, the guy yeah. who was from Dead Poets Society. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. That one's funny. Yeah, that one's actually a good movie, I think, still. I haven't seen it in a long time. It's been a couple of years, but I think I liked it. Yeah. yeah. But is just terrible. Oh, man. It's seriously just a bunch of music videos. Like, barely tied together with a story about a guy who's a vampire who talks to a mirror image of himself, which is an actual other entity. What? Who comes out at the end and sings the song as Elvis. That makes tons of sense. I don't know what you're talking about. That makes perfect sense to me. This, the movie really fucking bad. Sounds it was a logical. fun time. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve, it sounds like that was a pretty bad movie, but I think that we've seen worse. I think yes, that we've we seen, have worse seen worse along the course of, mm-hmm. you know, even doing this podcast, you know, uh, on this show... We love to cover ourselves some of our, our absolute favorites. I mean, we've done The Shining, we've done Texas Chainsaw, mm-hmm. some great Elm ones. Street, some great stuff. But the feedback that I've gotten from a lot of our listeners is that as much as they love us deep diving and dissecting one of our favorite flicks, I think they also love just hearing us talk shit yeah. about something that's <laughs> clearly do. just a big pile of hot garbage. They really do. <laughs> and Twilight absolutely redefines hot garbage hot garbage yeah. that we've covered on this podcast mm-hmm. i mean it makes so many of these movies that we've done on the show seem like fucking masterpieces by comparison so so i say before we get into the movie review portion of this show how about we just take ourselves a little detour into the preview palace welcome to the preview palace and let's spend a little bit of time here talking about some of the worst flicks that we've ever covered on the podcast you know, if you guys if you guys enjoy this episode and want to hear us talk more shit, maybe go through those back episodes. We're on episode like 130 something this now. This will be 137. Wow! Mm-hmm. So dig through the archives. There's a lot of great stuff. There's also some times that we talked about some absolute bullshit. Now, mm-hmm. there's some like let's talk about some of the minor yeah. offenders that we've had here. We've on covered the show. some movies that we just thought were bad, but yeah. they're not like the worst movie ever. Like House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, that's one of those flicks that is just a big hodgepodge yeah. of blatantly ripped off influences from other things. Right, and but it's also like it's it's got some good points to it, and there's elements of it that are fun. It, it introduced yeah. some cool characters it and did, stuff. But yeah. Overall, not not all that not yeah. all that great. Mm-hmm. Still better than any movie I've ever made. Sure. Absolutely. You know, I could say the same thing about like the It miniseries. Same thing, yeah. It miniseries, uh, directed by guy who directed a movie we did a few. Yeah, we did. We did ago. something his yeah. not long ago. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. Anyway, but that that's that movie is fine. I mean, Tim it's Curry's okay. good in yeah. it. It's too long, but that can be said of the It Chapter One and Chapter Two. Yeah, that, that's the thing. It's the yeah. source material again. The source you know? material is gigantic. Yeah. So that movie not great, but it's also like serviceable and it it had an impact on people clearly yeah yeah because people it fucking traumatized saw it as kids, kids and, and stuff. It, yeah fucked them up uh vampires by john carpenter i'd also Fine put in that movie. Same yeah because it's directed by john carpenter it looks great so it's competently made it's well made yeah it's just boring it's just boring it's just yeah. not very fucking good yeah. but again those are all things that i look at and i'm like well it's better than i could make a movie 
True. Which is not something I can say about some of these other flicks that we've done on the show that we have just nope. detested. <laughs> I think I think the first movie that we did that you just absolutely hate fucked the shit out uh-huh. of was Final Destination. Final Destination is terrible. You hated I hate that, that movie. movie. Because none of it sticks together for me. It doesn't carry any of the real elements of horror. It's more like a cartoon. Yeah, it where is. like we're just watching a whole bunch of Jerry's and there's an invisible or a whole bunch of Tom's and there's an invisible Jerry. Wow. You know what? Yeah, that's kind of it, isn't it? Yeah. And we're supposed to like associate that with death and, and all this stuff. And there's they try to throw gravitas to it by having Tony Todd talk about yeah, I was going to say and Tony Todd is in yeah. there too. Yeah. But as I said in that episode, it is just a pumped up X-Files spec script. Like yeah, it was, it a, is. It, it was it, a spec script for exactly an X Files like episode that would have been good. I bet if for an X Files episode, it would have been fun. Yeah, if it was fifty-one minutes long, yeah, that'd be okay. That'd be great. You know that movie won me over just because it's just so fucking late nineties, like so late 90s. our high school era as yeah. fuck. So it's like the I, fashion's terrible. Oh the God, music the is terrible. The team uh. on. <laughs> Don't want to go massive. <laughs> It's such a fucking stupid movie. And yeah. there's, there's really, there's several of those other ones that we've done from that exact same era. Yeah. Like fucking Urban Legend that Fuck had just been dog shit. Urban Fuck Legend. Fuck Urban Legend. Like, Fuck. I mean, like I said, Final Destination, it won me over for nostalgia purposes. It's still a piece of garbage movie. Yeah. But I can still watch it and be like, aw, Frosted well, Tips. And I've Urban watched, Legend is just dog shit. Yeah. And I've watched all the sequels of Final Destination. I haven't watched the sequels of. Uh, Urban Legend. There's no reason to. There's no reason to. Urban Legend just, is just one of the most sloppily put together, yeah. like, reveals at the end of, I guess this person did it, but just because that's who yeah. you wouldn't expect. There's it's no one logic those, to it. It's one of those writing exercises where it's like, okay, write the first chapter, then write a surprise reveal for later, and then work to that point. Ugh. And <laughs> it's, as an exercise that works, as a final product, usually very fucking terrible because it's not this is a 90s thing though was trying to make things too complicated trying to make sure nobody could possibly guess who the killer is right and then after a while it's like well nobody's guessing that because it makes no sense yeah exactly yeah yeah Yeah, it's like they were trying to recreate a lot of giallo feel Mm -hmm. black glove killer yeah at a at a school or university or something like that i mean that's that's how many argento movies you know yeah exactly it's already we've already watched uh you know 20 years of giallo up to this point Mm -hmm. we don't need this movie yeah exactly well let's imagine doing that but removing all the style yeah take all the 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 visual appeal colors and the the combination of music and, and great gore great gore yeah let's just take all that out that and, should be better and make it so that rebecca gayhart can carry josh what's his name upstairs yeah. somehow well dude doesn't she fucking she she drags uh, uh freddy krueger's corpse around too yeah she drags robert england they around. Drag robert england into this yeah Again, tying in another theme yeah of just, grabbing horror elite yeah that's definitely one of the worst fucking things to do for your movie don't grab horror elites because you think it makes your movie good have a good movie and get good actors and they'll become horror elites that's what fucking happened with robert england in the first place that's true that's (laughs) true wes craven made a movie and guess who's not in that movie Anybody who'd been in a horror movie up to that point. <laughs> Wes Craven wasn't like, go out and get me, uh, what's his name? 
Vincent Price. That guy. Yeah. I couldn't think of Vincent Price. <laughs> I was in my head I was hearing him say my name. Yeah. Vincent Price. <laughs> it's me, Vincent Price. Me, he me. says. It's me, I'm Vincent Price. <laughs> I don't think that's, that's how Vincent Price so. <laughs> but yeah, like yeah, so a good horror movie doesn't have to rel- fall back on huh? Remember that guy? Remember this person? Yeah. yeah. Well, but then like every now and then you have something like Cabin in the Woods that just yes. spits in the face of that where so like Randy Weaver shows up at the end and you're like, yeah. fuck yeah. Yeah, because it's so mysterious. Yeah. It's well, the movie's already like, won you over by yeah, that the point movie's, too. Yeah, it's already won you over and it's so mysterious. And when she shows up, she doesn't come in and explain everything. No. She gives us a little bit of explanation, but it's still just like, wait, what the fuck is going on? So you don't have any time to be amazed by the fact Sigourney Weaver is there because like, you're oh still like, what the hell is happening in this movie? Right. Yeah. What about one more from that era? What do you know about it? I know what you did last <laughs> summer. That's a big pile of fucking horse shit, isn't it? <laughs> what are you waiting for, huh? Boobs. <laughs> yeah, she just like boobs out so that shot. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Old Jennifer Love, you hit just, just owning that movie. Yeah. For sure, <laughs> with so her boobs. Bad. That's what that was. It. Like, that's what that movie's about. It is. That movie is about Jennifer Love Hewitt's boobs. It's like remember she was in Party of Five, but she was young then. Look now she's got boobs. That's the movie. That's the movie. And that's the movie. Also, also your share Michelle Geller. She'll be Buffy in a couple of years, and we'll all love her. Yeah. But in this movie, it's like I don't give a shit about any of these people. It's terrible. You never movie. really get into any of the characters. It, it does have that whodunit again feel like I don't like that anymore. I think Giallo did enough whodunit for us to ever have to see a whodunit again. Totally, man. It's like there's so many out there. And the only thing they have to rely on is you couldn't guess who did it. And it's like, well, that's more frustrating than fun. That's just, yeah, a lot of times that's deceptive narration yeah. than anything. Yeah, you, like you didn't give me that information. Why? Yeah, joke's on you, fucker. Yeah. I didn't show you who You could have told me a story or made me feel like an asshole. You made me feel like an <laughs> asshole. Thanks. There's so many, like, from that 10-year period yeah. that we just absolutely fucking hate. Dude, yeah, Deep, Deep Blue Sea is another oh, one. Jesus. Let, let's, let's do a creature feature. Yeah, Duke creature feature. Okay. Deep Blue Sea versus Anaconda. Which one do you hate more? Oh. I think I hate Anaconda more. Do you? I think I do. I was going to say Deep Blue Sea. Okay, so, yeah. Let, that's good. I... I feel like Deep Blue Sea is more pathetically bad that you can sit there and watch it and make fun of it, whereas Anaconda is just a nothing movie. There's just nothing to they it. Both, they both make no sense. No. Like, the central premise of both of them is stupid and just outrageous, ridiculous stupidity. Yeah. I think I have more fun with John Voight's... Uh, baby, uh, baby bird. A snake who... Uh, Gave birth to Donald Trump impression. Like, whatever it is he's doing there. Okay. I, it's I will, so funny. I will say, John yeah. Voight's character in Anaconda is better than any character in Deep Blue Sea, including yeah. LL Cool J's character that is actually, I think, three different characters that got distilled yeah. into one. Yeah. Of this preacher guy who's also a cook. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that and John Voight's. So Voight many is of better. his scenes are just him by himself, meaning they were reshoots for Absolutely sure. Absolutely so. Yeah. Absolutely. But, but yeah, the LL, it's LL Cool J versus Ice Cube in Anaconda. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, I mean, I, I guess, I, yeah, LL Cool J is more charming Absolutely in Deep Blue so. Sea. Yeah. Ice Cube's still charming in, in Anaconda, but he doesn't have anything to do except yeah, gonna say, uh, yeah. make references to his raps. Like, that's about it. Ladies Love Cool James has a little bit more to do yeah, in the movie. and he's got that bird to talk to. He's got that bird, bird to talk to mm-hmm. and, his, uh, and his omelet secrets. Yeah. <laughs> 
three eggs only. Right? Start off with that. Uh-huh. <laughs> so terrible, man. What about one from recent history here? What about if we talked about maybe a Veronica? Okay. We so, hated that fucking yeah, movie. Absolutely hated that movie. I don't think I would have hated it if it weren't for the Netflix bullshit Absolutely attempt agree. at whatever guerrilla marketing they were fake, trying to do. It was just fake do. news marketing. Yeah, dude. they were just, just making shit up. Yeah, just it, saying, like, pe- people can't watch this movie. And Twelve it was, people died today watching this movie. And go back, if you, if you want, like, if you're like, no, they didn't do that. Go back and listen to oh, Veronica. I made a very impassioned case by doing extreme research on what the fuck they were talking about. And they had nothing to build off, build off of. It was no. a post on nine gag and one guy's tweet. That is not That's people. It. Yeah, exactly. That's two persons. And on a the post internet. on nine gag doesn't count for any fucking thing. But no. <laughs> Well, and that's the thing is like ultimately even that post on nine gag could have been somebody that worked on the damn set exactly. of the movie or the marketing team. Exactly. Netflix. It was all I mean, just horse shit. The tweet they were really basing everything on was one individual guy who I guess was legit scared by Veronica. I don't know if he watches horror movies. Well, that's what I was going to say, like, is like, <laughs> but you don't know anything about him. Like I could show my mom Veronica and she would probably be terrified because yeah. my mom has never seen any scary movie. Yeah, it would terrify the shit over, especially when that girl opens her mouth as wide as the goddamn world. And then when the <laughs> when the dad just wants to make his paella. Oh, he loves that paella. I was scared by Got how that he's not going to get his arm around his paella. I know, man. That was the scariest part of the movie for me. I'm like, but dad's paella. I really do think, though, if I had found Veronica on Netflix, like I've done with a ton of other Netflix horror movies, where it's just like, I'll watch this. Oh, I'd I would be like, have, that was Dece. Yeah. I would have watched the entire movie. It wouldn't have been one of those I turned off early. And I would have been like, eh, fine. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, there's been other, like, you know, flicks that I've found on, on Netflix that same way. Like, the first time I watched Baskin. Yeah, which we did in, like, two really years ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I watched that with no pretense, no trailer, And no it's just hype, like, no what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you're right. The expectation for Veronica and just all the lies in the marketing... Is really what what yeah. spoiled it. For I don't me. like I don't like people trying to manipulate me. No, yeah. exactly. especially when they're doing it terribly. Yeah, like, I was gonna flatter say. the shit out of me. All right, don't tell me this is gonna be the scariest shit in the world. That's what I built my life on is the scariest shit in the world. That's gonna irritate everybody who loves horror. Everybody who loves horror, like as far as I've seen, everybody who loves horror has this familial connection to the movies yeah. where it's like if you diss somebody's favorite horror movie like it, they legit will get mad they'll get angry because they know it backwards and forwards like they've dug into it and they really love it and they could probably make an argument that would sway your opinion like yeah, yeah maybe that isn't so bad so like horror folks don't like to be fucking tricked <laughs> well and that's that's the thing about it too that's what i was thinking about as you're talking is the fact is is whenever you are going after such a niche group as as horror fans. Where yeah. we're not we're not, you know, nine yeah. out of ten people. Yeah. Or one out of ten people, but that one person is super, super diehard and fanatical right. about it. And I think it just kind of shows how stupid the people at, at Netflix and all these other companies think horror fans must be. Yes. Because the thing is is when you advertise they your movie things. as 
it's so scary. People are passing out and throwing up and people aren't finishing it, yada, yada. Yeah. The only people that you're going to attract are hardcore horror fans. Yeah, they're the ones who want that. Yeah, exactly. Like the, the people that are just like, yeah, I like to watch one every now and then. They're mm-hmm. going to hear that and be like, well, I'm not watching that. That sounds fucking terrifying. They so were, you're only attracting the most extreme horror fans and we're the ones that can see through that bullshit. They were probably trying to set up some sort of YouTube, can you watch Veronica sort of thing. But why wouldn't they have picked a movie that would have scared people? Yeah. <laughs> that would have been a good start, right? Yeah. Start with a movie that would act like... That's not a bad concept for marketing. Pick a movie that really will scare the shit out of people. And then say, this movie's scaring the shit out of people. Can you watch it? And then people watch it and they go, man, that was fucking scary. Yeah. Well, but then me- you've, you've won audiences over. The next time you say this is scary, they're going to listen to you. Yeah. It's like A24. When A24 makes a horror movie... You go. I want to check it out. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, you know, like Black Coat's daughter had zero hype. Yeah, and that one's amazing. About it. And that movie's fucking amazing. Yes. You know? Yeah, Veronica, just, just a shitty movie. I've seen worse. Yeah, for sure. But the marketing is actually mm-hmm. what fucked that movie up. Yeah. Now, I think probably our most hated movie that we've ever done on the show mm-hmm. ever. Got a zero. Just a flat out fucking zero. Yeah. It goes beyond the fact that we just don't like the movie. It's the fact that by watching this movie and then Hollywood allowing them to make sequels and allowing Victor Salva to keep working. Yeah. Is just saying we're okay with pedophilia. Yeah, pedophilia is fine. Jeepers Creepers is a big piece of shit movie. Victor Salva can go fuck himself and fucking die in a fire because he's he is a pedophile a pedophile convicted pedophile who fucked a six-year-old for six years until yeah. he was 12 then that was too old and at the time victor salva was six foot three 300 pounds and then hollywood keep was like that in mind. i guess we'll keep letting this guy make movies yep and dude here's not a, just here's hollywood not just like some uh crazy yeah, yeah. weirdos in hollywood francis ford coppola yeah, francis ford keeps coppola. holding this guy's yeah. career up and I don't even fucking understand it because it's not even, this is fucked up to say, it's not even like Roman Polanski who has done some really fucked up stuff where it's like, yeah, but he makes phenomenal fucking movies. Right. Rosemary's Baby's amazing. Right. Jeepers Creepers is it's not a, a phenomenal fucking sucks. movie. Yeah. So this guy makes shit movies and he's a fucking pedder ass. Yeah. Why do they keep letting him work? That that episode, we were he's both just some, like yeah. infuriated. Yeah. yeah. He's got something on somebody is why. That's like, absolutely that's all there is because to it. Because there's so many goddamn pedophiles yeah. in Hollywood. Yeah, exactly. He's got enough on somebody that they're going to keep getting him enough money to make movies. Well, yeah, now, he know. did have to, after the first one came out, and I mean, when Powder came out, which was a few years before Jeepers Creepers, there was a big backlash because he had recently gotten out of jail. Powder was uh, co-produced by Disney. People Ew, were fucking really? angry. Ugh. And then, well, Disney and apparently pedophilia have some right. That's have some true. truck going on. Apparently. They do. Yikes! He makes Jeepers Creepers, and it all comes back to the surface again because this is pre-internet era. Like, or at least not everybody was on the internet. Things start surfacing again because, again, most people don't pay attention to who the director of a movie is or whatever. Yeah, yeah. They care about the stars and shit. So they had to go as far as when they made the sequel, they couldn't do it in America because American audiences weren't... They knew too much, basically. So they had to do it in Germany. So, like, they know. They're working so hard to make his movies. They know that they're going out of their way to do it. Yeah. 
There's no way that they're doing it out of the goodness of their heart. That's not how Hollywood works. No, they're not out to rehabilitate him and make him a part of the workforce again. No. They just don't give a shit. You just do not care. Because the as we said in the first movie, the first movie seems to be very clearly uh, a, a pedophile showing his victim, I win in the end. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, I got away with it. Nanner, nanner, yeah. nanner. And Absolutely. The second one starts with the creeper killing a young boy. Yikes. Meaning there was a young boy on set with Victor Salva. Yeah, exactly. He was 12 or 13-ish. And he gets killed by a creeper. Yeah, this is all the just... The name of him is The Creeper. It's which just is an what, allegory for... It's all an allegory for child molestation. Yeah, and, and how he can fucking get away with it and keep yep. working, you know? Mm-hmm. We found all this stuff out after we decided to do the movie. Yeah, by I would the have way. never done that movie. Yeah, yeah, no, no and I don't, no I, I don't ever want to do Jeepers Creepers two or three. No. on the show, just because I don't want to, even a cent of my money to go no. towards that piece of shit. Yeah, because yeah, I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to encourage our audience to watch it. I don't, no. want the, that, I don't want them to get that number. Yeah, because that's the thing is like, not only is it my money going towards that piece of shit. Yeah, but, it's all the people who listen to. Not everybody watches the movie, I imagine, yeah. but a large portion of people watch the movies. So. Yeah, so no, we won't be doing those because fuck that guy. Yeah, and fuck those movies. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> so those I think are some of the worst ones that we've ever done here on the show, and those are some big piles of shit. But I'll tell you what, man, this one's a big steaming pile. I would watch, on honestly, minus Jeepers Creepers because mm-hmm. of what we just talked about. I think I would watch any of these again before I watch Twilight. Oh, yeah, definitely. They're all better than that. Oh, yeah. I've actually watched Final Destination since then. Yeah, totally. Yeah, Yeah. like I would watch any of these before I watch Twilight Mm -hmm. again. That's not even even a a contest because this is not fun. It's not fun whatsoever. It's not even fun to make fun of it because you just end up frustrated. Yeah, exactly. That's how I like... That was my experience too. Like yeah. honestly, leading up to this, and I'll talk about some of the some of the research I did leading up to this Yay. in a second. But after doing the research that I was doing, I was actually like stoked to watch this. I was like, oh my god, this is gonna be so bad. Yeah, we're gonna find some cool shit to talk about. Yeah, yeah. And it'll just be like funny bad. Mm-hmm. But instead, what ends up happening is you end up watching this movie and just getting fucking mad. Like yeah. it just made me angry. It made me angry mm-hmm. that. Apparently, millions and millions of people out there are so dumb that they think this is fantastic. It made me mad that people, you know, greenlit all of this stuff. Did you look at the reviews for this? No. That'll anger you. They're not as bad as they should be. Come on. They're not even close to as bad as they should be. No, man. No. Mm -hmm. It really did just infuriate me watching this movie. I watched it. Okay, let's let's go way back. What All is right. your first experiences and encounters with the world of Stephanie Meyer's Twilight? Okay, so I started dating my wife in 2008, I believe. Okay. So then, around the time Emily and I started to... Actually, it would have been when we were like just talking. I remember her talking about the Twilight books. Now, this is when you guys were both dyed in the wool. Yeah, we were Mormons. Mormons. Uh-huh, yeah, we were Mormon as get- shit. She had just gotten back from her mission. A little... Okay. A little Where was like, her mission at? Uh, Fresno. SeaWorld. Fresno, California. <laughs> mission SeaWorld. SeaWorld. That would be awesome. I was always First saying, off, I was like... Mission SeaWorld needs to be a movie. <laughs> yeah, probably. I don't even know what it would be, but it sounds <laughs> awesome. But second off, yeah, yeah. I remember one of the first times that that we met, I was like, "You, you just got back from your mission uh-huh. in fucking Russia," and I was mm-hmm. like, "I don't know, man. I think you probably should have gone to like Sea World or yeah. Cedar Point." 
walk around these places and be like, hey, have you heard the word? You know? It seems like that'd be hey. more fun. It really does, doesn't it? But I, you'd be surprised that theme parks don't want missionaries there. Impossible. Uh, Impo- what are they, spoiling the fun? Maybe a little bit. Now, let me ask you, did you guys <laughs> check this out because you had heard about it because it's like, oh, a Mormon author made a book. Like that's something that I'm really interested to know. find I out about. I should ask him that, but I, I imagine that had a lot to do with it because it was definitely being talked about a lot. Cause see, to church. me as like a, as a non-Mormon person, like I found out way later. Yeah. When the movies were coming out, probably. Yeah. yeah. That the person that wrote it was Actually, a Mormon. No, 2008 was when the movies were coming out. And that's when I heard of it. So it was probably being talked about by a lot of Mormons, probably being talked about by a lot of Mormon women. I'm not saying, anything sexist i'm just saying mormon women were really More in women the twilight. Read these books yeah, yeah. that's how it is yeah so had you um had you read the book or did you just see the movie i didn't do either i didn't see the movie or read the book until let's see we covered dracula my senior year in a uh 19th century british lit class mm-hmm. and my teacher dr amy balone who is awesome she showed a part of twilight to, as like part of like talking about vampires and stuff and i remember as it was on going <laughs> <laughs> like this can't be real yeah this is not a real it movie. was the part where he stops the the van oh my god dude and then she's like wow like i just laughed out loud immediately like it, but then looked around and everybody like, was looking at me like i'm funny, an right? asshole <laughs> yeah because they they like already seen it and loved it and so on probably. so again these are college students in a 400 level english class so like I don't know what the audience for this is, but it's big. Apparently. It's big. Apparently, it's very fucking yeah. gigantic. Because whenever these things came out, I just remember hearing from, you know, like every fucking news source and magazine and all that stuff about how huge these books yeah, were. Yeah, it was like the new Harry Potter. It was. It was yeah. like Harry Potter stuff all over again, where it was just like, suddenly this shit is everywhere. Yeah. And... I completely avoided all this stuff like the plague, because I just yeah, remember it hearing... Didn't seem like my thing at yeah, all. Yeah, it seemed like fucking just teenage romance bullshit. Mm-hmm. So, like, I had people that I knew that had read them, uh, you know, tell me stuff about them, or they'd seen the movies and be like, oh yeah, there's this part where blah blah blah, and I was like, man, this all sounds completely like something I would fucking hate. Yeah. And uh, I talked a lot of shit about them. Uh, one time while we were standing in line at Walmart, like, there was like the, the paperback, you know? Uh-huh. And uh, and Kate pulls it off the off the rack while we we're waiting in line and reads like the first page or two. Uh-huh. I just kind of looked over his shoulder a little bit, and it was just fucking terrible. Yeah. It's, it was just like, oh, this is written by like a child. Like clearly, a fucking twelve year old wrote this book. Yeah. It's absolute garbage. So Kate and I completely avoided him like the plague. And then several years ago, for whatever reason. <laughs> We were just like, you know what? If we're going to talk some shit about this stuff, we at least need to have been you know, I agree seen with that it. standpoint, by the way. Yeah. I, I think you cannot talk shit if you have not experienced something. So if somebody says they like a band and you've just heard that other people don't like it and you join in on that, that's well, you've bullshit. Well, you listen to them. Yeah, yeah you don't know. got to give it a chance. You might love it. We decided that we were going to watch these fucking movies. <laughs> and so what we did... Is we went to the video store in Food City. This is when the grocery store still had a video store in it. Oh wow! I know I miss it. Mm-hmm. The best video times. stores were great. Yeah, totally. Until those the late fees piled up, and then the fact right. is you had to leave the house to get a movie. Yeah, and now you can just watch it without ever leaving the house. Yeah, you watch thousands upon thousands upon thousands. I don't movies. think I miss video stores. 
I miss Maybe them not. only in the nostalgic sense of walking yeah. around and looking at all the movies, but it w- it would be I because I now have option paralysis when it comes to streaming shit. Yeah, because there's so many options. I can't imagine a video store is any easier. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, there's some of those massive like blockbusters and stuff. Yeah. That had, I mean, thousands of titles in them. Yeah. Like, do you want to see everything? Here it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we went and we rented them. I think this is after all the, yeah, this is after all the movies had come out on video. Okay. So we rented all, what is it, four of them? There's four movies? Yes. Yeah. Rent all four of them. We decided we'd space it out, watch two one night, watch two the other night. This first night, we were watching them. We decided to make our our experience a little bit more intense and enjoyable. Okay. <laughs> by consuming some magic brownies, a friend of ours had made. Ah. Now this friend of ours had made these, and we were like, "Man, I don't know if he knows what he's doing with these things. Maybe he didn't make them right." The classic <sighs> Everyone's magic brownie story with edibles. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So. So what we do is we'd had, uh, I don't know, fajitas or whatever that night. Mm-hmm. And we start these movies and it's like, yo, let's rock these brownies out. We had two brownies. One for each of us. Mm-hmm. We ate half. Okay. Yeah. And Already. Then, again, this is, probably this is probably too much story. to start out exactly. with. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, at, at this time too, it's like I was not, I was not practiced in the ways. Of the edibles? Of any of, of it. any of it, okay. Yeah, I mean, this, this was still when this is all very new to me. <laughs> oh, so you're, oh in my for, God. you're in for a ride. Okay. Dude, we ate like half, <laughs> and then, you know, we waited like 30 or 40 minutes into sitting through this movie, and we're both like, are you feeling anything? No, I'm not feeling nothing. I think our friend didn't make these right. Oh. Let's just go ahead and rock the rest of them. Everybody's thought their friend didn't make these right. Oh, my God, dude. Oh <laughs> and every friend God. has thought, I didn't make these right. Yeah. And oh, then I did. <laughs> yeah. So we ate the rest of them. And then, dude, the rest of the movie and honestly, the entire second movie, I don't remember whatsoever. But I remember <laughs> about halfway through this first movie, it, it wasn't in English anymore. Like, I remember watching this movie and mm. just being gibberish. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I was so fucked what up. What if one of you had rolled sense. over and turned it on the Spanish? That's what <laughs> you I was no wondering, idea. dude. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's like if, you know, one of the dogs, like, put its paw on the remote and it's like, yeah, it suddenly put it in, in Spanish or whatever. It's like, I wouldn't have known any different. I just remember from the first time that I watched this movie, there was so much staring, so much not talking, so many sighs oh, and mouth noises. And then a lot of it just wasn't in English. That was my first experience with mm. that, and I haven't seen the movie again since then. Until I, now. I know they go to Italy at some point. Is Do that? They? I don't think that happens in the second one, though. I think that's in the third or fourth. I have no memory of the other movies at all. Like, at all. Well, I, I've never seen any of the other ones. I had planned to watch all of them for this episode, Jesus. and I, made, I, I was like, I'm going to watch all of Twilight in one sitting. Couldn't do it. And then I realized I am not watching the sequels because I can't get through this in one sitting. You texted me whenever you're watching the first one and said <laughs> that you like rage quit I did. 30 minutes before the end of the movie. Yeah. yeah I, I was just like, nope. can't even finish it. I cannot, fin- I cannot deal with this anymore. It had been constant because Emily's, off- like, Emily's office is like back and to the left or right of mine, whatever. Um, so it would just be this constant me sitting down. Then she'd hear me hit the uh, the space button, <laughs> go walk fuck. out, 
and just be like, <laughs> so. Like she, because I was just keep going to her because she knew the books better. Yeah, and she'd be like, "Yeah, it's this and this and this," and I'd be like, "But that's stupid." She'd be like, "Horrible." Yeah, but that's how it is. That's how it is. Were you getting fucked up when you watched it the other night? Yes, and that's the thing. I have to. Okay, because like we've done movies in the past where the first time I watch it, I'm like, "Well, I'm just gonna have some drinks while I watch it," and by the end, um. A little too drunk to remember the ending, but it's like, whatever. This one, I ended up drinking more because I was so angry at same. the movie. It I just did the kept exact like same thing. Slamming them back. Throwing stuff in my face. Yeah. So after an hour and 30 minutes, it was just like, I don't have the self-control. Yeah. If this movie keeps going, I'm going to die of alcohol poisoning. Yeah. I felt like Edward that first time he and Bella kissed. Oh, my God. Fucking God, I got man. myself a real danger bone. <laughs> I got that danger bone going on. <laughs> I'm about to lose control. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I was also getting pretty fucked up whenever I watched this too. Yeah. Uh, way beyond what I needed to. I'm a little little hungover today, frankly. I got you. Okay. From watching this movie. Because it's just that goddamn bad. It's just that fucking bad, that man. blueberry with the sour goes really good together. I know, right? I've been kind of like ignoring mine for a second, but yeah. like the aftertaste and stuff is so good. It is really good. It's so mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you this, Steve, to get ready for this movie and for this yeah. review, our last I'm of our, our No Vampire 2019 mm-hmm. series. Mm-hmm. This, is our, this is our finale, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Boy, what a fucking way to cap this thing off. Yeah. Uh, Kate and I actually got the audible audiobook of twilight mm-hmm. and i started it what about two weeks ago something yeah. like that and have just cruised through it just so i would know yeah just so i would know because i've the, read the, the, i i've said i said in the past i read the book in a graduate course in young adult literature ah, okay yeah. same doctor dr amy balone oh, okay yeah she's great so how did you feel about the book steve terrible it's terrible but it's dog shit i mean it, it wasn't like a surprise in a room full of uh, English lit majors that we all thought it was terrible. Well, dude, the book is so terrible. It's boring. It is terrible. Yeah. I skimmed through. I like, I, cause like, I barely ever did that with books, even in grad school, but it, after a few chapters, no it was just to. like, what the fuck? This dude, is terrible. I was three quarters of the way through the audiobook of this. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm reading it every time I'm in a car or walking the dog or whatever. Yeah. I am like three quarters of the way through this fucking book and I'm like, nothing has happened yet. Nothing has happened. There is just so much dialogue and just people standing around talking to each other. Yeah. And that's it. Mm -hmm. There's nothing. And it was gigantic. It's huge. It's huge. I don't understand. Because seriously, dude, like I don't don't know how any publishing agent or anybody... Mm -hmm read this and was like this is going to be a hit i've done some research i might be able to shed some light but i will tell you in the end after all my research on stephanie meyer and the development of this novel i do not understand what happened at all well i don't get the leap that the publisher took yeah i don't get the leap that the production companies took i don't get why everybody was like this is going to be the next I don't big understand. thing i don't get it man i will say the best thing that i took from the book is that it gave um kate and i a couple weeks of good 
fucking hate talk conversation because she, she's nice reading through it at the same time too. That is one of like then I guess maybe it's just because you and Kate and me and Emily don't have kids, but isn't it some of the most fun to talk about shit you hate or to just have a rage conversation oh, where yeah. you're both like. Oh, Because yeah, I bet totally. you can't have that when you have kids. You can't just have yeah. these conversations. Fuck this shit. Yeah, exactly. Because you're like, well, I got to <laughs> raise these kids to not hate everything. But like, we can just sit around and be like, you know what I've decided? Tonight's going to be a three-hour conversation about how stupid this is. Exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> for it's real, man. a back and forth of like, this is dumb. I yeah. hate that. <laughs> it's so much fun. When you're in your 30s and you're not raising other people, you just learn to hate That's everything. That's it. You just learn to hate everything. <laughs> <laughs> and you share your hate with the one you love. That should be like a dead and lovely bumper sticker. Share like Share your, your hate, hate with, with the, the one, one you, you love. love. Trademark dead and lovely. Yeah, that's great. Dude, it was it was fun going through it, and you know we would be like, "Yo, have you gotten to this part yet, dude? No, they just did this. Oh my god, I fucking hate that shit. It's it's so bad, dude. And the writing in it is abominable. I mean, just yeah. beyond the fact that there is nothing to this fucking stupid ass story. Yeah, the writing, writing is fucking horrible, dude. Like, even I'm, I'm talking about like within the last fucking. 10 or 15 pages of this goddamn stupid book she cannot just quit talking for one second about how fucking hot this guy is like mm-hmm. every time she mentions anything about edward it's about how hot he is oh my yeah, god it, dude, let's talk about the hotness yeah, he reached for the radio dial with Hotly. his perfect hand <laughs> yeah smoldering like <laughs> i mean like every fucking sentence is like his toe hair was like an angel's <laughs> Like everything, yeah. She cannot write one fucking sentence about this guy yeah. without talking about how hot he is, and it's like, I fucking get it. Yeah. Okay, so here's where I'm going to step in and talk about Stephanie Meyer. Get in here, tell me about I'm Stephanie gonna, Meyer. I'm going to set out immediately with, I am not going to set out to bash Stephanie Meyer. Punch up. You punch up, and here's why this is punching down. I'm hang on before you get into this. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to need to. I'm going to need to get a pull. Okay. Let's get a pull. You know, I just mm. finished off this fantastic blueberry device. Yeah. It was amazing. And uh, now I want to, I think I need to load myself down with something a little bit more heavy yeah. duty. This is an 8.9 percenter that we're going to split here. This is from the Hutton and Smith Brewing Company. I've had a couple of theirs. They make some good stuff. Yeah, they do. This is their, how do you say that word? Bivouac. 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 It's like a tent, I believe. It's like a tent. Yeah. Black IPA, this <laughs> balances resin, pine, orange, and grapefruit hop character with coffee and roasted notes. I have a feeling this is either going to be transcendent and amazing or disgusting. Yeah, well, that's why when you pulled it out, I immediately was like, oh, yeah, we got to do that on the show. It's high in alcohol. Yeah. It's got coffee, but it also has grapefruit. Here's the thing. is like, okay. And we've talked about the coffee grapefruit the coffee drink grapefruit before. thing, dude. Uh, that oh Lindsay had. The, the Pomona spritz or whatever. <laughs> Paloma spritz. That's what it, was. it was seriously like throwing up in my mouth. It was awful. It was like somebody else throwing up in my mouth. It but was that bad. If it's just the grapefruit notes that you get from some hops, maybe that'll that might work be different. with the bitterness of the coffee. Well, I'll, I'll confess, too. I'm Dave Grohl. I've got another confession to make. <laughs> Whenever I bought this... Um, the price tag on it covered up the thing that said coffee. Like the price tag was oh, right over where it said okay. coffee. So I just read this as balances, Black resin IPA. pine. Yeah. And roasted notes. I was like, cool. 
I didn't see the coffee thing on there. I'm excited. Then. This might be wretched, but we're going to find out. What's it smell doesn't like? smell like what you think it's going to smell like. Yeah? No, it does not. No. Nope. It, honestly, it's it kind of smells like a regular double IPA. Yeah, because it is black. It is absolutely yeah, black. It looks like a porter. In color. Yeah. But I don't then, think I've ever had a black IPA. I'm not I, sure I, I have. certainly have not. We've had like a blonde stout on the show. That was yeah, cool. That was good. It's kind of the yeah. opposite of that. Hmm. Let's see. You go in there. In. Be, a, be a brave explorer. And see what you think about that thing. What's that do for you? Any good? You seem intrigued. Yeah, that's yeah? In, that's interesting. I, well, I'm not saying yeah, it's good. I'm saying yeah, it's interesting. I'm I, with you there. It's interesting, huh? Oh, there's flavors that keep coming out as I'm talking. I know. Yeah, like totally. suddenly there was like a tobacco, like pipe tobacco sort yeah. of flavor. and especially on the aftertaste and stuff. Yeah. Up front, it was more of a sweet double IPA yeah. kind of thing. I thought, I, as I was drinking, I was like, oh, they just dyed black on IPA. But then as you, as it sits, it's like, there's so much flavor going on there. And now the aftertaste tastes like really good cold brew or something. Yeah. You know? That's interesting. That's strange. Yeah, it's very strange. I don't, think, not, I, I don't think I hate it at all. No, I honestly. definitely don't hate it. The huh. grapefruit is there. I can't imagine pairing that with any food. I don't know how you would. <laughs> no, that is a drink. <laughs> this on is its breakfast, own. basically. Coffee and grapefruit. Yeah, it's a breakfast beer. It's a one breakfast uh-huh. beer. Yeah, start your day so with a nine percent beer. We had two beer. breakfast beers. We had That's a blueberry muffin, and now we've had great way this to start bivouac, the day. Black IPA. I think I'm okay with this. Mm. You know, I'll, yeah. I'll report back momentarily, but yeah. so far, so far so good. Okay, so, so Stephanie Myers. here's why immediately making fun of Stephanie Myers is punching down and not punching up. Because she is rich as shit, for My sure. My God, yes. But when we're talking about this first novel, we're talking about a woman who was a uh, dyed-in-the-wool Mormon. Like Grew from birth Mormon. Four, one million percent Mormon. Now, I know you may have listened to the last podcast on the left about Mormonism and think, oh, I know about Mormons. If you don't know Mormons, you don't know about Mormons. You might know like everything wrong with their church, but if you've spent any time with Mormons, you know a couple things. One, they're all happy as shit, and it's crazy. I was going to say, yeah, because it, it would be very easy for this episode to turn into a big Mormon shit talk fest. But no. Listen. Yeah, like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I have tons we, of Mormon friends. Yeah, and yeah. Like, we don't believe in what they do, and I think yeah. the, the whole history of the church is very silly it's very and easy to see through. But I will say... I've met so many really fantastic, extremely Great and sweet wonderful, Mormon sweet Mormon. People. I can't tell you one negative experience I've had. With I can, but a that's because I've had so many experiences. You've been around a lot more than <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, but yeah. It's like when I met you, you were a Mormon. Yeah. Our friend Holly Ford. Our friend Holly. Phenomenal. Yeah. Her, Wendy Anderson. Her sister, super, super her brother. Sweet. Yeah. Wendy, yeah, yeah, of course. The Becky, Ford my, my, my uh, best man at my wedding. Yeah. All, the, all those people. Brian. Flying Brian was Mormon. Now, a lot of those people are no longer Mormon. <laughs> they, yes, yes. They, <laughs> but they some of them still are. But when I met them, they were, and they were yeah. nothing but nice to me in my extremely heathenous, blasphemous ways. Mm-hmm. None of them ever tried to fucking get in my face and no. tell me that I was fucking my life up. Exactly. Not, not, like, not like, you know, fucking Baptists and stuff that I've met that, sh- yeah. that are telling you, you're burning in hell. I've never had a Mormon tell me you're going to burn in hell. No, because Mormons don't believe they in don't hell. They don't believe it. Yeah. But Which they've is all been very beautiful. nice to me. Yeah, yeah. That, that's one that's of the nice. better things about yeah. the religion. So Mormons, they've been nothing but nice to me. I just don't believe in that stuff. I also would say Mormons have been nothing but nice to me, and I've dealt with thousands and thousands of them. Even after you've left, they've been cool? Oh, yeah. No, of course they are. They that's want amazing. you to come back. They don't want you, they don't want you to feel bad for leaving. Well, they the want you to thing, come back yeah. because they do 
entirely believe what they say and they do what they say mm -hmm. a lot of the time. Now, a lot of shit has come out of the Mormon church since the Prop 8 thing that makes it very clear that the leaders of the church are covering up a lot of shit. Clearly. But again, if you spend time with Mormons, they're happy and they enjoy their life. They enjoy their existence. That's great. Yeah. She claims Mormonism as her number one influence in writing. That is something. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not going out of my way to make any of these connections. I'm just telling They're you right about there. Mormonism. Yeah. They're very on the surface because they are so immersed in only Mormon shit. It's an echo chamber. I think. It's an echo it's an chamber. The experience of dealing with these 18 year old missionaries. They used to have to be 19. Now they can be 18. But these 18 Ooh, year barely old, legal, barely legal, <laughs> these 18 year old missionaries showing up to your door and saying, everything you think about the world is wrong. We know better. And that's not how you approach people. Yeah. But when you grow up where everybody yeah. is drinking the Kool-Aid, so yeah. And where that is the mindset is just that, oh my gosh, wait a second. You don't immediately accept the gospel of Jesus Christ. Brother, I my heart breaks for you. Like these kids are coming from an experience where they've never dealt with the real world. And so when they sit down to create for the world, I mean, there aren't a ton of Mormon artists, writers, etc. There's like Orson Scott Card who wrote Ender's Game and, and stuff like that. That guy's a Mormon? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's he's super Mormon. Oh. So when you, you have that, where there's just very few outlets for creativity, and creativity as an art form isn't encouraged, like in a lot of Jewish communities, like creativity or entertainment, that's like entertaining other people is a mitzvah. If, if your child wants to go into entertainment, it's like, oh, wonderful. Of course, you're doing God's work because you're making people happy or okay. yeah. making people feel. Whereas in a Mormon standpoint, it's going to be like, well, you're glorifying Christ, right? So you then look in this book and it is this constant reference back to Mormon theology and doctrine because it's this attempt to combine a smutty love story with mormon values okay so like, i was wanting some clarification yeah. on some of this stuff because being well you know having never been a mormon before in mm -hmm. my life like there's a lot of things that i'm sure snuck by me that i didn't really pick oh, up yeah, on. Yeah. what are some of the like tenants that you're talking okay. about yeah okay so let's just talk about uh real quick for say teenagers teenagers aren't supposed to go on individual dates until they're 16. Okay, and there's even some sects of Christianity that keep well, that's that whole, pretty common. That, that, that courtship. And I'll be I'll be honest with on. you, that's not a terrible idea. Like you should you shouldn't be serious about dating in your teen years, but you also shouldn't be too serious about dating in your twenties, which is where everything changes in the Mormon Church. <laughs> because <laughs> starting at fourteen, they're being told to be looking out for certain traits for future mates, okay, future wives or husbands. All right. So we're telling teenagers already, like, you need to be preparing for marriage now. As a 14-year-old. As a 14-year-old. I was really concerned about Spider-Man and his clone crisis same. when I was 14. Um, we all know very well what dress codes are about, and that is about controlling women's bodies. Sure. Well, in the Mormon church, they're very, very strict about 
not showing off your shoulders, your, shoulders. your shorts being long enough. But guess what? This will really make all the uh, feminists like us happy. They also expect men to keep those same standards. Okay. Yeah. Really? Now, yes. When so a man, no, no tank tops for the dudes. Right. But yes, when a, yep. man, when a man goes swimming, he can wear a swim shorts and no shirt. That's fine. But in average everyday life, you have to have on uh, clothing that covers up your garments. Garments are something you get after you go to the temple. Yeah, for your ritual and stuff. Yeah, yeah. you go through this ritual where you, you make a bunch of covenants, and then you wear these garments as a reminder of those covenants. Now, a lot of people oftentimes will... Uh, but I'm not saying that Mormons don't do this. This is coming from Mormons. But a lot of people oftentimes will like tout the protective qualities of garments. Yeah, knives there's, can't pierce them. Blah, right, blah, yeah. yeah. Though there's no doctrinal reasoning behind that that's okay. just All just right. like with any church crazy myths and legends grow up sure yeah so you have to wear the these garments after the temple and you cannot sh- they can't be showing now for guys they go down to like t-shirt length oh, so wow. you you're not gonna be walking around in tank top so you can't even like be like a greaser and tight roll your nope. cigs into your sleeve nope you can't <laughs> that'd be i mean the cigs would already be the problem <laughs> So uh, no Mormon greasers. Yeah. What? <laughs> so I'm there, a Mormon greaser. There's this teaching of modesty, and I, I really want, I don't know how to impress this on everyone's brain. There's this teaching of abstinence that is not like what you might remember if you're from the South and you went to a Baptist church. You know how they taught abstinence, and you know how you all fucked yeah, all the time. Yeah. And what they taught in the abstinence was basically like. Yeah, but like, don't know nobody do it. <laughs> and, and the Mormons do it. They don't fuck. Yeah, they they walk the walk and talk. The they talk. really walk the walk and talk the talk. It's fucking yeah. crazy. Oh, I mean, dude, like even even whenever whenever I met you, I mean, yeah, I didn't and, drink, and you, and you were a Mormon. It's like, yeah, yeah you didn't cuss. You, you used to drink. You yeah. used to drink coffee and stuff like that. But it's like whenever I met you, you fucking walked the walk. Yeah. Like that's honestly one of the one of the the best like first impressions I've got of a of a religion ever. Yeah. Is like meeting you and being like, oh, actually, this guy really doesn't cuss yeah. and he doesn't drink tea and coffee and he doesn't yeah. drink at all, even though he used to. Well, that was what impressed me the most about Mormon. Like, yeah, they're serious about it. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's, that was it's the thing not I, like... Oh, yeah, it was a problem I always had with religions. They're not serious. They're not serious. Yeah. yeah, it's like if you're Catholic, you can do whatever and then go to confession. Yeah. Yep. What the fuck ever. Mm-hmm. If you're, you know, like a lot of the Baptists and stuff like that around yeah, here Yeah, you South, do whatever, but you're saved. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah, you're fine. And being saved, in case you're not from the South, uh, is walking up in front of a group when they ask if anybody wants to get saved. Yeah, and you're like, yeah, me. Yep. And they think doctrinally that means, A-okay, rest of my life. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's one of the things about Mormonism that, that yeah. did actually impress me. Is like, People wow, they, really they actually are serious about it. I wonder They're what really it is about do. their... Their theology or their programming that actually Well, you can't get baptized unless you're living the gospel for a, a period of time like you have to have I mean, proven yeah, that you actually want to be a member of the church do you have to get that ti hyman check <laughs> no uh, i should tell everybody this i i served in what was basically a bishopric on my mission and served in what was basically a stake presidency on my, my mission bishoprics and stake presidencies are like the the higher level local um leadership for mormons okay i i've read both 
volumes of the handbook of instructions. I know every single thing that the church doesn't say out loud to its leaders, even at leadership conferences. I know those things. I'll tell you this, that bishopric interview is a breeding ground for pedophiles and sexual assaulters. Oh, shit. It definitely is. How you mean? You get people in a position where they feel entirely vulnerable and they feel they have to be absolutely truthful with you, and then you ask them about intimate details of their experience. Like their Um, sex lives and stuff? Yeah. uh, Really? Yeah. Now, confession is is not a thing that seems to go very far outside of Catholicism, but it is a thing in Mormonism. If you say, for instance, break the word of wisdom or the law of word of wisdom is the the caffeine thing but that's it's actually not about caffeine and i don't want to go into that because it's so goddamn stupid (laughs) um but yeah you break say the word of wisdom or the law of chastity or something like that law of chastity is no sex or no masturbating as well or looking at porn or even really thinking about did you not jerk off into your mormon no no way yeah no way i yeah i'll tell you this right now i jerk off several times a day every single day yeah, and but like for a dude in their fucking early 20s, I it's impossible. I don't know if I've told this on the, the podcast before. I um I would have a lot of like wet dreams. Yeah, your body's got to get it out, of course. I would, ha- I would ejaculate during the day just Whoa. out of nowhere. I told uh, my counselor about this at UT, and she was like, I've never heard of that. That doesn't happen. And it's like, well, it does because it happens to me. pretty regularly because i don't masturbate so anyway that was the worst that was the fucking worst. i had no idea it was so it's so stupid by the way again this this is so not even remotely related to twilight but it's like this is a more interesting part yeah yeah Yeah, it's more interesting (laughs) like whenever something like that happens and yeah you have a a a wet dream or just accidentally get off or whatever is that a is that a sin like masturbating would be no but uh, again as as you said i walked the walk i went to my mission president when the first time it happened because i was on a bus i was just on a bus just sitting yeah suddenly ejaculated and it was embarrassing as shit jizz in my Uh luckily it was winter so like my coat was covering up my crotch but I told him about it, and he was like, "You can't do anything about that. Like, you can't." And, and that was really yeah. that was cool of him to okay. not like yeah, right. make it a yeah, guilt. Shame. Yeah, and, yeah. and really, like the confession is not so much about like we'll say this many Hail Marys or whatever. It's like it's basically if there is some discipline to be given, they'll give it. But usually, it's like, well, okay, move on. Okay, that's pretty cool. Okay, yeah. Yeah. This episode is barely about Twilight. It's mostly about Mormonism. (laughs) Anyway, and the same happens when, say, a 12-year-old boy who's about to be given the priesthood. Now, let me just tell you right now, the priesthood in the Mormon church is given to 12-year-old boys. At that point, when a 12-year-old boy has the priesthood, he has more authority than his mom in the church. What? I remember being 12. I was a fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. I'm barely less of an idiot now. So maybe you can see why Bella is so useless. Because that's how women are taught in the Mormon church. That basically... A 12-year-old boy knows You're here you. to be admired. You're here to be looked at. You're uh, here to be pursued. You're not here to be a person. Well, because that, that is absolutely 
Bella in yep. a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that that's how Mormon women are. No, we both I know, know, I know plenty we, of... We both know Holly, we both know Becky, we both know Wendy. Yeah, we know, awesome we know independent tons. women. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that That is not how it all distills down. But if that's all you deal with, and when, when virtuous, virtuousness becomes a competition. Ugh. Like, is your skirt long enough? Is your shirt modest enough? And this isn't the moms. This is the girls to each other. Like, policing each other's modesty and policing each other's sexuality. Sounds fun. Sounds great, doesn't it? Yeah. Ugh. That That's honestly kind of like the opposite of what you see in every, like, high school teen girl movie. Exactly. <laughs> well, <laughs> and, well, there's always the slut shaming in high school teen that's girl true, movies, but... Yeah, it's 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 a real weird setup for her to come from. So what I'm saying is to immediately make fun of Stephanie Meyer is like making fun of someone who couldn't possibly know better. Well, I mean, honestly, it, it's it's so similar in a lot of ways to what I dealt with growing up in like the very conservative East Tennessee homeschool yeah. community of the late yeah, 80s, oh, early yeah. 90s. Mormons are big into homeschooling. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah where it's like... When you talk to some of these people and they only know their way of life yep. and the only other people they know share that exact same way of life, right. and then you criticize them for being closed-minded or oblivious, it's like, well... They can't be closed-minded. There's nothing for them to be open it's to. It's all that's ever been given yeah. to them. You know? It's like, I feel bad for them more than anything yes. to be like, you think that your existence is mm-hmm. all of reality. I mean, it, yeah. it, it is true that the thing that will get you over xenophobia is travel. The thing that will get yeah. you over uh, the cult-like mentality of, of any religion, any religion yeah. is just experiencing non-religion for a while. Yeah, Seeing what it's like. Because when you're a Mormon, you're being told constantly that uh, these people in the world, they think they're having fun drinking and having sex, but really, like, they're dying early of alcohol-related diseases, and they're having kids they don't want to have. And it's like, well, one, no, most people just drink. They don't, I mean, if they die of an alcohol-related disease, it's in a normal age. Most of us aren't alcoholics. We yeah. just drink from time to time. And two, most people that have sex don't get pregnant. <laughs> That's just an Facts. absolute fact. <laughs> and birth control exists. It does. Yeah. But all of these things become extremely a big deal. So dating in high school is a gigantic deal. Now, what's interesting about Mormons is what happens is that Say these two kids will date in high school, and then when the boy's old enough, now 18, was 19 before, uh, he'll go off on a mission and she'll say, I'll wait for you. And then three months later, he'll get a letter saying, I married this return missionary. You'd love him mm. because she wants to fuck. Yeah, like most humans. Like every goddamn individual, <laughs> she has for six years of her life been wanting to fuck. And now you're off on your mission. Yeah, but this guy's back from his mission but and he's, he's got a dick. Now, yeah, we might have the most boring sex in the world for the next couple of years. And every time we have sex, I might get pregnant and we might have nine kids. And yeah, it's going to be a torturous existence. But, but. I got to have sex. <laughs> do and it do wasn't Mormons, illegal. Do Mormons do birth control? Yes. Okay. Birth control is acceptable among Mormons doctrinally. Socially less so 
Okay, right on. Yeah, though uh, uh, they're more open-minded Mormons for sure. Most people who go to any church are prudes and conservative. Mm. That's just true. It's just going to be that way. They're going to be more likely to say you're not doing the right thing. So whenever I watched this movie and and read the book, Mm -hmm. I was able to pick out the things that are very obviously... Biblical. Judeo-Christian and biblical. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, just due to the way that I was raised. Where it's Uh like, yeah, I mean, there's... Very heavy-handed stuff like Lion and the Lamb. Yeah, I'll, and there's all it, these apples everywhere. In case anyone's listening and don't don't know, the Mormons use the Old and New Testament as well. Yeah, so it's not they're not reading some weird, um, crazy book only Dianetics or something. Yeah, they're also reading the Old Testament, and New Testament. Dude, I think and it, they read their scriptures a lot. You're not going to argue a Mormon on scriptures unless you're maybe a Jehovah's Witness or Seventh Day Adventist. Yeah. I think that some brave, adventurous new Mormon prophet come up. Now, first off, that'll never happen. <laughs> brave and adventurous <laughs> prophet. To become prophet of the Mormon church, you have to have uh, gone from being the youngest apostle to now being the oldest. And it, It's doable. It, well, you're not, you're not going to be having fresh ideas in your <laughs> 70s, usually. But what if one of those guys came about and wrote Mormonetics? Mormonetics. You know, there are controversial Mormon books by general authorities. Yeah. yeah? There's a book called Mormon Doctrine by Elder Bruce R. McConkie. It's pretty That's controversial. It's controversial. Um, and I remember in the church it being controversial and me reading it and he like cited everything. So everything was in line with hmm. actual Mormon doctrine. But then when you read it, you're like, well, I don't believe that. I don't believe this. I don't believe that. And why it was so controversial was Mormons had not encountered that doctrine before. They had not realized, like, oh, this is what we believe? Oh, shit. Oh. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. Whoopsie-daisy. Yeah. Wow. She-daisy. So, Stephanie Myers was a, a, a full-blood Mormon, mm-hmm. wrote herself this book. She was a stay-at-home mom with, with kids already. She had this dream. On- she had a dream. She had a dream on, uh, I believe it was June 3rd of 2003. That is very specific. Yeah, she wrote it down. Mormons do that as well. Really good at family history and keeping diaries. Hmm. Um, She wrote down this dream, and in the dream she had dreamed that there was this young girl who was in love with this vampire who was in love with her, but he also wanted to drink her blood. Boring dream. She turned that into what became chapter 13 of the book. She wrote, she wrote that all down, and then she just kept writing. Which was chapter to, 13? Uh, whatever. Whatever that is. Whatever that is. Yeah, yeah whatever. It's just another part of this fucking yeah. book. And then she wrote that up to the end, but as she was writing up to the end, she realized she kept having to add these prologues to make that make sense. Well, yeah. And then that became the book. Now... <laughs> Presto. I don't. I, yeah, I don't know what that magic moment was. Where I, I know she went to some like writing workshops and stuff or whatever. But she'd never written before this. She'd never written before this. By April of two thousand four, she had sold the rights to the book to Paramount. The book didn't get published until two thousand five. I don't fucking get this, dude. I don't fucking get this. You hear these stories about well, like you were saying on the Buffy episode, like. Luke Perry went around at like what fucking 400 auditions and got turned down or whatever. And then every now and then you hear about this person who just couldn't fail. Dude, it's the weirdest shit. Yeah. 
Like, she wrote her first book mm-hmm. and became a goddamn bajillionaire. Though, we were talking about this before we started recording. Mormons, you, you've you experienced it. Mormons yeah. are good at making money. They know how to make dough. And when you're never drinking, never doing drugs, you gotta what have else are you going to do? do? Yeah. yeah There's got to be something to do out yeah. there. Might as well make some money, I guess. So, it, it, it probably had less to do with the quality of the work and more to do with the quality of the person presenting the work and the fact that she worked her ass off to get it out there. Could you imagine, though, if you were one of those Mormons that just spent years and years and years making all that fucking Mormon money, right? Mm -hmm. And then you decide to leave the church. Yeah. All of the booze, hookers, and blow that you could buy. (laughs) Oh, my God. By the way, speaking of Mormon money, there is uh, an entire Mormon entertainment industry. So Yeah? Yep. (laughs) Uh, yeah, but really, there's you like have all movies, the money to buy books, all sorts of it, anything that you wanted. Yeah, you you really could. You could find like the thing is that it would be so hard to fake your way through the Mormon Church because there are so many like yeah. gates to walk through along the way where somebody is really there being fact, like checking your bullshit. So yeah. like, are you for real, etc. Yeah, so it, it would be it would be hard. But yeah, it's. It's for sure that Mormons know how to make their money. It'd be a lot easier. And that's all they're obsessed about, really. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like you said, it'd be a lot easier to fake your way through it in a fucking Methodist church or whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah where there's so many other people that are just like, I'm bullshitting this stuff yeah. too, for sure. I just wanted a community to go to or whatever. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Or I just mm-hmm. wanted to make money off your tithes. Right. So on. Mm-hmm. Wow. So she just basically managed to strike gold on the fucking first mm-hmm. time she ever stuck a shovel in the well, ground. Well, she she it got a, no she sense. got a bunch of rejections, but again, she just uh, it's persistence, and she's a stay at home mom. What else is she doing? I mean, I'm not dissing on stay at home parents. I think yeah, 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 probably a great idea. Honestly, it's going to save you money in the long run because child, child care is expensive, expensive as shit. Mm-hmm. Good lord, man. So not even dissing stay at home parents, no. and and that is actually something that Stephanie Myers says because she. Calls herself a feminist. People say, no, you're not. Uh, and she says, like, well, I, I'm representing the other side of feminism. The the feminists who say, yeah, women should be able to do whatever they want, but I want to stay home with my kids. Well, sure. You do you, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. You do you. That That's cool that she can say that. But it's also like, you can say that because you don't have the experience of going out in the world and trying to get a job against a man and realizing that the world is set up against you. So it's real easy to be flippant about it when you've not experienced, experienced it. it. Yeah. yeah, well, there there is that. So yeah. she sold the movie rights to this like yeah. immediately. Yeah, she sold it to Paramount, and then Paramount wanted to make... like <laughs> From what she described was not even close to the movie at all. She said that if they gave it a different title, they could make the movie without having to pay her. Wow. So it was like a lot. Yeah, different. it apparently involved uh Bella being a track star. She had at some point she had night vision goggles and a gun and there was a <laughs> there was a, a this jet, sounds better. This jet sounds better ski race at one point. <laughs> I don't know. I think this sounds better than what we saw. Again, Paramount could make that movie and not have to pay her, so Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she again, I don't know how this happened. She, whenever she did sell the rights to Paramount, she must have kept enough rights and stuff to be able to say, no, you can't make that movie, which is not common for a person selling the 
first property they have to uh, I was going to say, yeah, that that to me is really, really crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we talked about the Joss Whedon and Buffy. Like, Buffy turned out, well, yeah, Buffy the movie exactly. okay, so turned Bu- out way yeah, different. Buffy and this juxtapose each other, where Buffy is Joss Whedon, who you can argue maybe you don't like him, but Joss Whedon is a very successful a writer deal, yeah. and seems to know exactly what he's doing. Stephanie Meyer, I could say she knows exactly what she's doing, but she's not good at it. She's not a good writer. (laughs) Well, she's good at what she's doing. She knows her audience. Like, Uh, I I mean, apparently she she is putting something out there that a lot of people are connecting with. There's no arguing that. And there's a, there's no arguing that there's nothing wrong with entering into the arts to make money. Well, uh, you know, it all goes back to the fact that, you know, McDonald's sure does make a lot of burgers that people eat. Yeah. They're not the best cooks in the world. <laughs> it doesn't matter, does it? doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So McDonald's has a right to exist. Stephanie Meyer has a right to exist. Whatever. That's fine with me. But when we get down to... I, I really... The mysteries to me are how she got the rights to her novels sold as a, a movie so quickly. Yeah. And how she got so much creative control because summit entertainment when they bought the rights from paramount uh uh, brought her on set to visit and see what was going on they showed her the rough draft and asked for notes and then showed her a rough draft of the final cut of the movie and asked what she thought that makes no sense i mean for a first time writer those are liberties that you are absolutely not afforded ever now by 2008 her fourth novel had already come out she was a bestseller four times over. So maybe that has something to do with why Summit would trust her, but that's not generally the case. No. Stephen King's had a million bestsellers. It wasn't until recently that people started being like, we should have Stephen King come in and yeah, see get what his he thinks. Here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so strange, man. I, I don't know how that happens. But I, I, I don't begrudge her the success. People like this. Let me ask you, do Mormons like this? Like when you were a Mormon, were there okay. other Mormons that were like, I love this that, Mormon That is book. a more split issue. Uh, most of the younger Mormons I knew liked it. Like okay. young, younger Mormon girls. Uh, the younger Mormon... There's this weird... Because it, it is a very patriarchal organization, there's an obvious and direct disconnect between men and women in the church. Okay. Like there's the man stuff and there's the woman stuff. Women go to separate classes where they learn learn homemaking while men are learning how to use their priesthood. Like, and I'll tell you, those priesthood lessons are basically like <laughs> being a dude, right? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty nice, am yeah. I right? And I can tell you from what I've heard of from all of my my female friends who weren't sipping the Kool Aid, their experience with going to those homemaking classes is, oh, that's all you think about, huh? You look at some cloth and you're like, that's probably an oven mitt. Like, these women are just constantly thinking about, like, homemaking. And it's scary. Very patriarchal. Yes. Very patriarchal. It's about having having kids, keeping a home. Being a worthy vessel for the man. I, I will say, like, again, the Mormon church did this thing where they made, like, a half step toward something resembling first wave feminism and because of that they're a half step above most churches yeah like they encourage women to get education and stuff 
but imagine I, that. Now, the idea, though, is just so you can be educated to teach your kids. Right. Right. All still goes back to the house. Yeah. yeah. All still goes back to the house. Wow. So, yeah, there's not... There's not much to be expected in the way of like strong feminine roles in this, and of course we don't get them, really. But did other Mormons like latch onto this and they're like, "Yo, oh, this is shit. fucking yeah, dope." That was the, question. the thing is that yeah. uh, that, I've, that yeah. I've always noticed, and Kate and I were talking about this earlier. It's like if you're a band and you want to immediately have a fan pace, be part of a particular church. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, be vaguely Christian, like Creed. Mormon, Mormons have that too. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, oh, and immediately people listen to it because yep. they already agree with the this message. This is good. Hey, it's like that thing you like, but without all the swears. It's better that way. It's yeah. for us. I like it because it doesn't have all the swears. Yeah. I like to limit my vocabulary and pretend like that makes me above everyone. <laughs> I like to pretend that some words are somehow better than others. Mm-hmm. What? I don't think about the fact that this word was just determined to be dirty at some point for no fucking reason. Yeah. It's just another noise that your mouth I makes. I don't even consider the fact that a lot of them were just the English form of a word when the French took over England and decided English was a gross language. Yeah. So that's a dirty word now. Piss and shit. <laughs> For instance, <laughs> like if for a, real, yeah, it's fucking ridiculous and stupid. Like there, there, there is this level of logic and thinking in the Mormon Church that I, I, I find very admirable. They really do apply logic to their doctrine. Yeah, but they don't have the world experience to then apply experience to logic. Mm. This is something you see with a lot of those people who argue for Donald Trump or whatever. They're like, logic, logic, logic. Emotion has no uh, point in this. It's all logic. If numbers are going up, then good. Or whatever. And what they forget is the human experience of reality. Is that emotion is a reality. It's as much... uh, uh, It should be as much a part of logic as anything else. Mm, Yeah. Because we are experiencing these things and feeling these ways. So, uh, again, admirable about Mormons, but again, it gets stopped somewhere. They stop their logic when it's inconvenient. So, there were Mormons who praised the idea that this Mormon was getting attention. Some even praised the idea of the book because they really liked the book. But so many of them found it in some ways dirty. So some people are like, this is like a trashy romance novel kind of thing. Consider that. Consider the level of person would have to read this and go, oh my God, I'm scandalized. Because there's no no sex, there's nothing. But, okay, the one thing that should have scandalized them was not the thing that scandalized them. That a hundred-year-old man is trying to fuck a 17-year-old. That should be an issue. That's the scandalous part, and that's not the thing that scandalized. That was the thing that was a yeah. blip on their radar. Yeah. Good lord, man. So, uh, Stephanie Myers, I, I don't want to talk shit about her at all, because good for her. She made her money from her own experience. I hope that the world is nothing like what she sees it as, and I hope that people get beyond <laughs> any level of thought that, that she was at at that point. She might be beyond that now. I haven't looked at any of her new stuff i does she have new stuff yeah she's had a few uh uh, movies come out recently i don't think she's working much on writing prose as much as working in television and movies okay which is smart 
again about yeah. making follow money. Follow the money, man. Yeah. Follow the fucking money. And again, when people like, it, there's a thing that I can appreciate. If you write all these novels and they make a whole bunch of money and people say, yeah, but she's still not good at writing. It's like, okay, how can I still make money? I don't care. If I'm not good at writing, then what can I do? Produce this? Fine. Right. Let's do that. Yeah, be resourceful. I, I want to make my money. I, and I'm tired of you all telling me how bad I am at writing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, man. Yeah, that's really something just to see how quickly that this took root in society and just became such a, a, a phenom when it is yeah. just so fucking piss poor. Mm-hmm. And it gave us Fifty Shades of Grey, which we should all be very appreciative of, I guess, right? Really? No. Okay, I didn't think so. I was like, I don't, I don't really know about that. And you said a lot of her inspiration for this was Mormonism. That's what she cites as her number one inspiration okay. for writing is Mormonism. So I, I'm not going out of my way to say that this is very Mormon. She says that it's very Mormon. But she's, is it, wait, is it because one of the bad guys in this was black? That's where the inspiration came from. <laughs> Is that where? Is that what you mean? The main character is so white that people keep commenting on it. Yeah, that's the Mormon influence. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Who did they get to write and direct this fucking pile of okay, shit? Okay, so Catherine Hardwick is the director. Catherine Hardwick has directed a few things 13 was her first picture oh that was like a really widely acclaimed thing yeah evan rachel wood kate said it was really good Mm -hmm. yeah she she's done a few other things she worked on a lot of things for production design here's the thing i i haven't seen the other movies she's directed but i kept reading people like saying they were great and well directed and the movies that she did production design on, I really like the production design. Why does this movie look so bad? It looks so fucking bad, Steve. It looks terrible. It's not even... Sh- it's not shot well. No. It is, it is like... It's shot with a lot of cameras for sure. Oh, God, yes. The editor had a lot to do. Had a lot to work with. Yeah. We're fucking sure. And also, the editing is terrible. It's real bad. There's so many fucking shots in this where it's like it cuts from one scene to another and like... A person changes their complete outfit or a person's location <laughs> in the shot is completely different. Like that scene where fucking Edward's playing that stupid piano song. Bella's like across the room. Then in the <laughs> next shot, she's on the piano. piano. Song. Yeah. And then in the next shot, she's like on the piano bench with him. Like the editing in this movie is mm-hmm. fucking horse shit. Yeah. It's terrible. Probably because the poor fucking editor just had too much stuff to work with. Hard to keep track of. True. I mean, yeah, because there was just so much there. So many different shots and stuff. But why does this whole movie have that, like, nasty... Blue-green. Millennial teal? Like, to me, again, I've mentioned this on the podcast before, Mm. it looks like the fucking The Ring. Yeah. Like, the American version of The Ring. That's what they're going for. Yeah. But why? Well, The Ring was playing off of The Matrix, but why is another good question. I don't know. Yeah, the Matrix like super fucking green. Well, I, I do know they were like the Matrix succeeded. Let's separate the parts and try each of them on other things that no. we own. So was it the green? We'll use this uh, Japanese horror movie remake and test if it was the green. Oh, it did well. Must have been the Must green. Must have been that fucking yeah. nasty. Teal Couldn't have possibly color. been the story or the acting. It was the green. This movie looks disgusting. It's like, gross. It just looks fucking mm. awful. That that nasty, mm. like fluorescent 
blue green like i'm working in an office tinge mm-hmm. is just that so, is so much of what it looks like dude it's so visually exhausting yeah i mean it is like working a fucking 10 hour shift in an office with fluorescent <laughs> really tube lights. like why did anybody decide like you know what people will love to stare at this on a fucking 30 foot large screen in a theater for two fucking hours i mean i'll, I'll looks t- like shit i'll say for sure it is the thing that made me as andy muschetti who directed it chapter one and it chapter two his his movie mama did a thing where they had three different flavors of that they had the blue green then they had the blue and then they had the orange and they would use those in very specific scenes to indicate very specific things. And it was just like... A crash or something. Yes. And it was just like, this is dog shit. Like, Super heavy-handed color theory shit. Yeah, yeah. It's just dog shit. So, I don't know why they did that. I, it looks stupid. I it mean, looks me, bad. It's the kind of thing that I think is meant to emphasize how overcast and gloomy and grungy... And rainy, this yeah. area is. And but that's, that's not even what overcast looks like. No, it, I mean seriously, in this movie, it looks like a like fucking level five tornado is about to strike at any uh-huh. time. Yeah, like Where it's the, just like this is the craziest lighting ever. Yeah, what's about to happen? Yeah, like if you've never lived through a really intense tornado experience, yeah. where like it's super overcast and cloudy, but the light is like green and mm-hmm. everything looks fucking weird. Yeah then you you won't know what we're talking about but that's what this whole movie mm-hmm. looks like it looks like a it looks like if you have sinus issues you'd have a headache yeah yeah <laughs> i i hate the fucking look of this movie it's terrible i absolutely hate it now this movie was written by melissa rosenberg who so we got we got like a a, a fucking trio of women for the source material yeah. the writer the director yeah, yeah. uh-huh and that, uh, there was some input by stephanie meyer on who the, who they got but they they basically were like we're doing Catherine hardwick and then melissa rosenberg was asked to write the script she's mostly tv person worked on like party of five dr quinn medicine woman oh Allie my McNeil. god my mom used to make me watch that shit uh, oh so fucking terrible she worked on the early seasons of Dexter which are the only watchable seasons of Dexter yeah, I know there's some Dexter fans out there your show fucks yeah it's, it's not very good rough. also the book's terrible oh I bet she also though was the creator and showrunner of Jessica Jones which okay. is fucking awesome yeah so like she worked on a few projects that you might not like but those weren't her projects uh, her show running and creating capability is Jessica Jones. She fucking nailed it. That's a great show. So she knows what she's doing. And she was, I guess Summit really wanted a very faithful adaptation of the book because the book was selling extremely well. And so she's doing this faithful adaptation of the book, which means no matter what she does, it's not going to be good. No. Because the book sucked. So you can't do a good and faithful adaptation of a bad book. And dude, I will say that is where I'm completely at odds Mm -hmm. with this movie is okay. The first time that we watched it again, I was fucking on another planet for half of the movie, but I was on planet earth for the first half. Mm -hmm. By the way, I I think I really like that beer. I do too. It's just weird. Yeah. I just just finished my, my half of it and I'm like, I think that's a really, yeah, it's good. Unique coffee mm-hmm. tinge double IPA kind mm-hmm. of flavor. It's good. <laughs> so the first time that we watched this movie, I was like, man, that was absolute horseshit. Yeah. 
these characters are just paper cutouts with no personality whatsoever. Whatsoever. Not saying even saying these inane fucking lines mm-hmm. that maybe a twelve year old would think mm-hmm. were romantic and stuff. You're a pretty Yeah, but you can't have me. Why not, danger? I have a danger. I make afraid. Oh no, your danger is scare me, but I'm not scared. You should stay away. I'm the bad. You say bad, I say love. Yes, eternity, <laughs> romance. That's Seriously, it. at one point he's like, "I murder people," and she was like, "Doesn't bother Fine. me." Fine. Yeah, and he's like, "But like for really real, nothing." Seriously, though. like there's nothing that could stop me from murdering you. And she's I like, people. "I'm not scared of you." And it's just Fuck like, "Fuck me, dude." As a hundred year old, you should grab a seventeen year old by the shoulders and say, "Sweetie, you should be." You should seriously I, not be here. And also, I'm going to stop going to high school because the logic oh, of that makes we'll no fucking, sense. We'll, we'll get into that fucking shit mm-hmm. right there. But but like watching this movie the first time, I was just like, this is the most inane, stupid bullshit mm-hmm. I've ever seen. And then I read the book. <laughs> and you were like, boy, this is the best, right? No. No. I was not. <laughs> But honestly, it made me reevaluate the movie because like whenever yeah. I watch the movie the first time and the second time, I'm like, man, Kristen Stewart is just a fucking moron. Um, ah, who plays Robert Pattinson. Con- Robert Pattinson. Thank you. Mm-hmm. This guy is also a fucking brainless idiot. They can't do an act. But then the thing is, is now that I've read the book, I'm like, actually... They did an amazing act. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously. Like, yeah. <laughs> it is actually, genuinely, one of the best book-to-movie translations I've yep. ever seen. The movie... They went in, against all human instincts. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, the movie's brainlessness, mm-hmm. idiocy, yep. and shallowness uh-huh. is a perfect reflection yeah. of the book. And just... In case you're still like, well, fuck Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson. They weren't happy doing it. They didn't enjoy it. Robert Pattinson was broke before he got this role. And Kristen Stewart was 17. She was taking whatever fucking came at her. Wow. Just leave them alone. They didn't do any fucking thing wrong. They took a role that made them a lot of money. And they both hated how bad it was. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, they're not... They're not idiots. No. They were seriously just working with what they were given. And what yeah. they were given is this fucking stupid book. <laughs> yes. So it really did change the way that I see this movie. Because I was watching the movie being like, these people are horrible actors and actresses. Mm-hmm. This script is fucking dog shit. This story is terrible. And then I'm like, well, they were working off of something that was starring brainless, stupid yeah. characters. If they had had brains, they'd be failing at the role. Yeah. Yeah. And so, actually, the adaptation from book to movie is extremely, extremely faithful and (laughs) captures the spirit so well. And shorter than the book, so better, right? Again, that's where I'm at odds. (laughs) That's really where I'm at odds because there's a number of things in the movie storyline that are just so fucking poorly developed mm-hmm. or skipped over. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. No, honestly, at yeah. all. Whereas in the book, at least you have hours and hours and days and days of boring, of boring fucking useless yeah. dialogue between Edward and Bella to show that they're falling in love and all this kind of shit to explain away why they're so attached to each other, even though they're not. Oh my god, fuck mm-hmm. fuck their whole romance situation. My love is death. God That's something you should have said at some god point. Damn, dude. 
But it's like the book in a lot of ways actually makes more sense than the movie, okay. but it also takes a lot longer. Yeah. I really don't know how to say which is better. Kate said she thought that the book was actually better, which I understand from some perspectives because, again, like, especially when you watch the movie, there's zero reason Edward and Bella should love each other. There's zero reason. Uh, yeah. Well, whatsoever. There, okay, the central premise of the zero reason is why everyone is obsessed with Bella. Like, the obsession with Bella that seems to permeate not only vampires but everybody and for what reason for what the fuck reason dude and there's all this shit and it's played up more in the book than it is in the movie about like Edward's always like you're not like any girl Mm. I've ever known have you ever known any fucking human being she's the most average ass boring fucking human ever not like other girls. That is that is how to be an individual as a faithful Mormon woman is but, to be not like other girls. But meaning, what is there about her? Well, what it would mean is driving a truck, not wow. wearing not wearing dresses. Wait, hang on. Driving a truck that your dad bought for you. Uh huh. Yeah, driving a truck. Maybe wearing baseball hats sometimes. Ooh, wow. Not wearing dresses. Eating big sloppy hamburgers. Like those are That's the things she does. The idea of being not like other girls, like I play video games with the boys or whatever. Like it, it's your way of actually being an individual in this entire organization and culture. Very homogenous that tells you society. that what you're supposed to be is a mom and a wife. Yeah, it, it's very much like 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 Japanese culture in a lot of ways, right. where the homogeny mm-hmm. is very yeah very important so so slight steps out of the ordinary the not like other girls steps those are like highly valued among mormon women who want to experience some level of freedom but don't want to actually enter the real world so that's why Kristen or not bella swan is like a hero in this way because mormon girls can look at her and be like oh she's so different but that's making no sense to me as just a a, a fucking heathen like i look at this and i'm like what the fuck about this character is unique like there is nothing about her she bumps into things and she likes boys oh she's clumsy and can't dance (laughs) wow character traits are those character traits no they're not they're not fucking character they're not character traits dude one thing too that's in the book that's not really in the movie at all is like as soon as she moves back home with her dad charlie mm-hmm. she immediately becomes this like daughter wife to him yeah. and is like cooking his meals and doing his laundry of course she is. and yeah well he's a man men need our help they got all the weight of the world on their shoulders jesus christ man but you know who's really in charge right I don't I don't even remotely understand like this entire way that that Edward is obsessed with her yeah is something I can't comprehend no I mean we we can sit here and talk about Bella's obsession with Edward which yeah but is, his obsession is the problem it's it, not that's hers. the one that's a problem like dude she is a kid and yes. she's infatuated with a extremely hot mm-hmm. person that is showing her interest yep that is the basis of that entire romance. Yep. And let's and, talk for a second about and their he romance. he says specifically that she couldn't, she couldn't uh, deny him if she wanted to. Like yeah. in that like wood scene, 
that oh, like, everything right, yeah. about him biologically makes her want screams him. Screams out to her and stuff. Yeah. So he, not only does he know he shouldn't be doing this, he knows that he's doing it unconsciously and controlling her and in some way. And she can't resist. Like... Dude, the basis That's of their it's the sick. basis of their relationship. Yeah. And all of this connection. Okay, again, he is this guy who is a vampire who is, I guess, just hooked on her fucking stench. Yeah. Which that alone Which is all really the vampires weird. seem to be way into. It's very fucking weird yeah. and, and gross. It's really strange. And yeah. also is never explained ever. Uh, why? Isn't it? Is no. it explained in the book Fuck or anything? No. Oh, no, okay. Why? He's got to be explained so in the future ones, right? May, I, I don't fucking know. I, I doubt it, honestly. Yeah, probably like, not. Why is she so entrancing to these vampires? Well, there she's the protagonist. no reason. Oh, yeah, because she's, she's a man. Yeah, she's got protagonist blood. powers. Oh, Jesus, dude. <laughs> but her entire infatuation with this guy, like I was talking about with the book, like she can't go more than five seconds without talking about how this guy is a fucking male model and is a fucking angel and a god yeah. on earth, and she just wants to fuck his brains out. Her infatuation with him is entirely because he's hot. Yeah. There is never any talk about, like, his kindness, his intelligence, his yeah. virtue, whatever. Which is, again, fine. I, as a teenager, I was into girls entirely because they were yeah. hot. Because yeah. that's how teenagers are. That's your sexual drive. Duh. It's just like, that guy's fucking hot. I want to fuck him really bad. Oh, he's a vampire? I don't care. I still want that dick. Yeah. Yeah. But ultimately... At the end of the day, uh-huh. Edward is a pedophile, uh-huh. stalker, yep. murderer. Yep. And their relationship's entirely unhealthy outside of those things. Like, even if those things weren't true, their relationship is unhealthy. I'm telling you, dude, the thing is, is that after I got through reading this book and watching this movie, I started to understand more about the kind of of people there are out there that like fall in love with Ted Bundy. Yep. Like mm-hmm. Stephanie yeah, Myers. Yeah, that's what this is more about. This is absolutely. more about falling in love with Ted Bundy than it's about falling in love. He's again pedophile, uh-huh. stalker, murderer. Yeah. And she's like, "But I'm in love with him." In the movie, he's his, a bad boy. In the movie, his legend literally precedes him, making him so much more like Ted Bundy. Now that you mention it, yeah. Because, like, she's already met the Cullens. Like, they've all walked through the door before he walks through the door. So there's already this Cullen obsession she's developed seconds into seeing them. And then here comes this guy who's not in a relationship. Because that's the only reason she didn't like the other two. They were already Because the first guy who walked in the door was Kellen Lutz. She could have just been as obsessed with him. Yeah. But he wasn't single. But he so wasn't single. He walked in with a girl. Then uh, Alice walks in with her whatever that guy is. Her weird twin fucker. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? And then he walks in alone. So it's like, oh, finally. Available There's, there's an available penis. Yeah. <laughs> so for me to hop on. Yeah. It makes zero sense. It doesn't. And that's honestly, and, and, and again, this is one of those, like, I feel like I'm getting old when I start talking about this kind of thing. <laughs> But it's like, that's to me the most troubling aspect of this entire story is the idea that this book and this movie are presenting this idea to, you know, teen or preteen girls that this is what romance is. Romance is becoming obsessed with someone based on physical appearance Mm -hmm. 
who has nothing but the worst intentions for you. Right. I mean, dude. He says, I want to kill you. Yeah, I want to kill you. And she's like, I'm not afraid. Yeah. Well, that wasn't what I said. I said, I want to. I don't. I didn't ask you if you were afraid of me killing you. I said, I want to. I want to kill you. Like, I have the desire to murder you and exsanguinate you. Yeah. But he's so hot, you don't care. Yeah. And then this idea of, oh my fucking God, Wait, now dude. I'm starting to get maybe Team Jacob. I don't understand the Team Edward, Team Jacob thing. I don't know what it's all about. I don't know m- enough about Jacob because all I've read is the first book and seen the first movie. Yeah, sure. I don't know enough about Jacob to get it. But if Team Jacob spawned early as a like, you should not be with that weird pervy vampire guy. You should m- just pick anybody else. Dude, and that's one of those things that I was hoping to find in the book that I didn't find. Like, you were talking no. earlier about how early novels were like cautionary tales. Mm-hmm. This movie... Seems like a cautionary tale. Yes. Yeah. And this Seems story, like that's where it's going. It had the potential to be like, yo, yeah. you know, you fall in love with this guy yeah. who's just a fucking pretty face that has awful intentions mm-hmm. for you and even tells you so, but you're just in love with this guy because you're fucking horny, I guess. Yeah. Meanwhile, you've got this other guy mm-hmm. who is age appropriate and has actual stuff in common with you. Yeah, you guys know each other from childhood or whatever. Yeah, Yeah. there are reasons why maybe you'd be interested in him. Except that he has darker colored skin than the pale guy that you really like. That seems to be probably what it was. So that's why you're not in love with him. Yeah. Also, there's something in there about Native Americans being like savages, I guess. There's... Oh, uh, yeah, am I, I wrong? all I know about to the last two books is from the How Did This Get Made episodes oh, about Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 1 and 2. And what I do know is that eventually Jacob is awarded the prize of getting to fuck their daughter. Oh, yeah. He like imprints on their daughter. in like a month. It's from really infancy to adulthood. Renezme, she's Renezme, called. named after Fuck her me. mother and their mother. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, so th- it seemed like this was maybe going towards girls. Don't just fall in love with the pretty face. This guy wants to suck your blood. He's yeah. a parasite. That actually would He's be a predator. That could be a really good cautionary tale of he like calls himself the a guys who do the guys who do these things that seem like love. That's not love. Exactly. Like what they're doing is is obsessed, obsessive and uh, possessive creepy. and possessive, creepy. Yeah. Yes. But no, this leans full into yeah, it. Yeah, no, like, what this now says that's is that's fucking love. What this says is that's what you need. It bothers me. Yeah. And again, it's one of those things that it, it bugs me that I think a lot of young people got this idea of that's what romance and a relationship is like but this also Dude, goes back to what we were saying about yeah. people's fear of uh, children reading novels and being yeah perverted yeah it's that's not gonna happen the way that edward is so possessive and controlling of her yeah. especially in the book again less so in the movie but like dude i'm talking in the book like there's multiple parts where he regulates mm-hmm. when she can eat yeah and like tells her mm-hmm. when she should eat. Well, that's where the 50 shades of grace spawned off, it's right? Submissive dominant. Yeah, kind of where thing. E- e- yeah, where it was very clear to at least one person, oh, that's what's happening. This is an S&M relationship where he and that is a type of S&M relationship. There are people out there who want to have to report everything they did in the day, everything they ate in the day 
and be told what they can and cannot do by their partner. Yeah, and if, and, that's, and and if that's your thing, that's your thing. That's you your do thing. you. It don't hurt nobody. But if it's between a seventeen-year-old and an almost hundred-year-old, hundred then man? it's not an equal relationship, and it's definite that he is exploiting her. And this entire relationship between them just reeks of all the super creepy, disgusting stories we've heard of people in positions of power and authority figures grooming young yes, people. Yes, this is about grooming, very much. It's just, that's all that it is. The I fact mean, th- that this he, whole thing of him approaching her yeah. and being like, I'm the like forbidden mm-hmm. fruit, you should stay away from me. Yeah. I'm a bad guy, yeah. I'm so powerful, and I know everything, and you don't know anything, and I'm good at everything, and you're bad at everything. Yeah. It's just exploitive, creepy, grooming shit. I I need you to understand, just real quick, that, again, a lot of this is coming from Mormonism. His vampirism, in a lot of ways, is representative of the priesthood, where he has these fancy powers that only he can use. But, according to doctrine, women attain the priesthood through marriage. So they are... They they have the priesthood through their husband, which is exactly what happens. <laughs> so they in can't this, get them on their own. No, but this is exactly what happens in these books. They get married. She becomes a she vampire. becomes pregnant. She's having she's giving birth, and then he has to bite her and turn her into a vampire. He has to give her the powers. Now that is when it gets a little different because she's like the ultra vampire. Like she for some reason is like so vampire. But why? I don't know. She's, she's the main she's character so of the book. Ever, yeah, because she's the main character of the book. Fuck me. Because somebody read Harry Potter and was like, oh, the main character of the book, everybody recognizes them all the time. You're Bella Swan. I'm the eyes and ears of this place. Let me do, write, uh, let me get some pictures for the yearbook and the newspaper. Let me write an article about you. Oh my God, you're Bella Swan? The, the Bella, Bella Swan? Swan. It's Fuck just like, me. she is a student that you do not know. Now, I do get if a hot girl moves into a new high school, everybody's going to pay attention to her. Yeah. But it's... There, it's like her fame precedes her. Yeah, in this case, it's not like that. It's not like everybody's like, oh, she's so hot. Dude, They're I mean, all he, just approaching her constantly. Like, you, I want to be your best friend. You were pointing out earlier that as soon as she arrives to the school, she's approached by a celebrity musician. Uh-huh, James Eha. James Eha from the Smashing <laughs> Pumpkins. Even James Eha knows who she that is. That kid looks so much like James Eha uh, in the Bullet with Butterfly yeah. Wings uh, video. Like, yeah. So much Swoopy like Swoopy hair, now, Speaking of which, this entire movie looks like an Evanescence video. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, it fucking does. So, uh, <laughs> Stephanie Meyer on her website, uh, she updates the website with songs that uh, inspire her writing. That's fucking I just so read, shot. That's I so read you shot. Some of the bands. Oh my God. How many of them are Seether songs? <laughs> How many of them are Seether, Steve? Well, there's some on here you might like, maybe. Okay, all right, tell me about it. Muse? You fan? Nope. Nope. Nope, that's Blue in this movie. October. Oh, fuck, no. Dude, they just did, like, a show in Knoxville. <laughs> and I'm like, they're still a band? I fucking opened for them years ago. Oh, there's nobody there. They just came back. My Chemical Romance. MCR. Okay, I'll, I will say this. They have some okay songs. Huh? They do. They do. Like, that's one of those like bands Like, of all that, those bands in that era, like, they maybe had the best... The be, They were the most distilled version of that, that emo, were. goth, yeah. angry, 
screaming sort of thing yeah but also still kind of okay like i really absolutely fucking hated that band just Mm -hmm. because i saw them on the covers of magazines and stuff like this and then i started having of course it's like 10 years ago yeah guitar students you know be like hey i want to learn this black parade Parade, song or whatever and they Mm -hmm. bring it in and i'd be like you know what orchestration and stuff Mm -hmm. is actually pretty okay yeah I mean, maybe, it's like maybe some good stuff. musicians saw an opportunity not and took bad. it. Yeah, not bad, man. Okay, so some Coldplay. Oh, fuck, Coldplay. Your favorite, and then Lincoln Park. Lincoln Park sucks. They, like I hate. I'm all not a of fan. This. They have songs that like I know I should like because I like the idea behind the words, but I just never get into them at all. And this is all also the most like surface level mainstream yeah like you're not even trying to find music that's right out yeah. there other than stuff yeah. that they shoved down like if throat. she had, if she had mentioned some more off the the like hawthorne heights or something <laughs> if she had said hawthorne heights it had been like all right all right oh, okay you're huh. at least doing a little work. yeah <laughs> but it's yeah it's just like oh these are the things that were favorite restaurants on mtv olive garden <laughs> ruby tuesday <laughs> Uh, Red Lobster. Have you heard of the Darden Group? All of those restaurants. I love their places. <laughs> Lots of great Jesus. places there. Yeah, that's just the most fucking generic bullshit that I yeah. would have expected. Yeah, and that's a, yeah, that's what you see when you're watching this. That's what you hear when you're watching that's this. That's what too. you hear when you're watching it. Soundtrack is a bunch of bullshit. It's real bad. I love Radiohead. That Radiohead song should not be in the fucking uh. closing credits. What is that fucking shit towards the end of the movie that's like American Mouth flightless bird oh jesus what the fuck is this bullshit <laughs> i don't even know who does that song but i fucking hate you yeah yep uh-huh. agreed it's so bad there's a little bit of original soundtrack stuff in here that that's the score's okay. not bad yeah the score's not bad it's okay mm-hmm. but anytime they use a licensed music in here it's just it's just god awful yeah fucking god awful huh i i i'm i'm not surprised by her inspirations musically no except that evanescence isn't on the list that's like <laughs> that's really it. that's really it and uh, i mean to be fair davy stranger hadn't started his career at this point oh of course anything she makes from now on is, is gonna be it's got a tinge yeah. of stranger to by it. the strange one <laughs> davy stranger.bandcamp.com uh-huh in case you're wanting to hear the dulcet tones of davy he's the one i'm just saying there he's got some great work out there he that does, i that think is could true. inspire the next wave of, of uh, Twilight teenage vampire horseshit. I mean, the, these books though, they're they these will keep getting made. Not Twilight in particular, but these types this of books. Kind of story. They they'll just keep getting made for every new generation. Which is why, like, if you're trying to write a novel and you want to make something out of it, yeah, like seriously, read this book read books like this these are the things that people want to read i'm serious if it you, doesn't matter if you that sell- it's not good people want yes. it that's what i gotta say if you're ever second guessing your ability to write a fucking book yeah. read this bullshit yeah but but listen if you're an aspiring writer that wants to get into it i mean seriously the only difference between you and stephanie myers is that she wrote a book and you haven't yet yeah seriously yeah you that, can't look it. down on her you can't look down on her even if you start writing books and start succeeding. I mean, she's dude, still done more in writing than than, than I have. I yeah. mean, I was sitting I was sitting here listening to this book, you know, for the past 2 weeks and I'm like I could I know mm-hmm. easily write something better than this. 
Maybe. Yeah. But uh, but you know what the difference is? I fucking haven't. You haven't. Yeah. And so you don't how even mad? know there's an audience out there for it. Yeah. So how yeah. mad can I be when I'm like, this is horseshit, but well, she did more work than I did. So mm-hmm. so there's that. Can't be mad at her. Honestly, yeah. like I, I don't get any Stephanie Meyer hate. I don't get any Kristen Stewart hate or Robert Pattinson hate. It's all just money moving in the market. It, but that is why like we can look at this and say it's it's absolute garbage like there's nothing to it there's no reason behind it except to move money from one place to another well here's the thing though is like when i look at stephanie meyer and i go this one person thought that this story about a 100 something year old person stalking a underage high school girl obsessively was appropriate Yes. Like, I look at that and I go, she thought that was appropriate. What an idiot. But then I look at this and I go, you know who's really the idiots? The millions of other people that backed her up. Yeah. Stephanie Myers is just one person. Like, and it had to happen because she hadn't written anything before this. This wasn't a like, oh, I know Stephanie Meyer read that short story in Harper's or whatever. No. She hadn't done anything. So it meant that people were picking up this book reading it and going to their friends and saying, you have to read this. That makes me more and disappointed than anything. moving forward beyond that, more yeah. and more people saying, you have to read this. It's seriously all like the Donald Trump effect, where I'm like, there's this guy running for president mm-hmm. that is clearly a xenophobe and yeah. misogynist and a and racist. And an idiot. Just a, a fucking moron. Overall moron. Like a very and, dumb person. And that made me sad that I was like, there's one person out there that can make it this far to the top. And then I saw millions of people vote for him. And I'm like, actually, that's the disappointing that's part. That's the disappointment. Is, yeah. uh, you, and among those people, you know, who's more disappointing to me? Not the people who voted for him because they were like, fuck yeah, Trump. Is the people who were like, well, I don't want Hillary. Yeah. Not a woman. Yeah. yeah. What's the difference, really? Yeah. That's the idiot. <laughs> Honestly, it's like I'm more upset at the at the fan base and the fandom and the support of this idea than I am of the idea itself. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. I yeah. think I think that's true of all of us. I think like whenever say that's why people you don't have anybody saying last vampire on earth sucks. Because who cares? Nobody's saying it doesn't. When you have millions of people saying something is awesome and people look at him and go, objectively, that is not awesome. How do you think that's awesome? Oh my God, humans are stupid. Wait a (laughs) second. My entire world is crumbling before my eyes. Oh, you know what? It's, they got tricked. They probably don't really like it. That's what we did with Trump. And that's what we did with Twilight. That's what we're going to keep doing every time we're constantly surprised by the stupidity of humanity. It all goes back to this thing that I picked up a while back that said, you know, when you think about someone that you think of as average intelligence, Mm -hmm. remember, half of everybody is dumber than them. Mm -hmm. Half of everybody is dumber than a person of average intelligence. But I will tell you what, it's hard not to just become entranced with this story by Bella and Edward's on-screen chemistry, which is just entrancing. I, okay, when I read the reviews to this, I was bum-fuzzled. Yeah? How you mean? People talked about their chemistry, and what I was chemistry? like, what? what like, what chemistry could they have? That first possibly? scene where she walks into the classroom and that fan... And he's like, you fucking stinky-ass bitch. Dude, like, he looks like he is constipated and yeah. trying not oh, to fart. No, I shouldn't fart. Like, he looks revolted by her. 
I wonder... Okay, so <laughs> this was this stood out as very strange to me that Catherine Hardwick said when she when they cast Robert Pattinson that she had a conversation with Robert Pattinson where she sat him down and said, "Now, okay, she's 17 years old. Remember that." What? And when I read that, I was like, "What does she mean by that?" And then I realized like well, he was over 17. Like, was she saying, like, don't actually fuck your co-star? And then I was like, well, that might explain the lack of chemistry where it was just like, he was like, oh, I, I better be careful not to fuck my co-star. So let's not get too close. What? All of that was mind blowing to me. When I read that she said that, it was just like, why did you feel like you needed to do that? <laughs> like, <laughs> Why did, what, did you hire a guy that you heard like, oh, he fucks underage girls? I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. Also, 17 is not underage in most states, as far as I understand. That's true. Or in most winger songs. That's uh, She's only 17. 17. We, I bet whenever winger had that song come out, all the other hair bands were like, amateurs. Yeah, probably yeah. so. Ted Nugent was like, <laughs> I was gonna say, fucking seventeen. <laughs> Jimmy Page, who kidnapped like a fourteen-year-old on tour, yeah. was like, mm -hmm. too old. God damn it! They did some horrible. So things many back fucking in the pedophiles day. in the world. Lots and lots and lots of them out there, Steve. I bet that Winger is pissed that they didn't get tapped for soundtrack, though. That would have been actually if okay. <laughs> I can see a version <laughs> of this movie. Nothing changed except. 80s recut with hair metal just recut with hair metal and shot on 80s film and 80s hair and 80s like clothing well, yeah suddenly it's like oh okay yeah that's yeah because yeah, he's like in, in like edward's like an 80s like hair metal like rock star oh like, I, I was just imagining him dressed as uh Kiefer sutherland from lost boys but yeah same. that actually yeah, makes same. sense you know <laughs> fuck just watch lost boys instead yeah just watch the just lost, watch boys, lost boys, instead boys instead of this instead. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's horrible. Their chemistry is awful. Bella's chemistry with her dad is fucking awful. There's no good chemistry between any of the characters in this. Jacob is the most charismatic one. He is the most charismatic in this movie, for sure. And his uncle in the wheelchair. Yeah. And that, I mean, that guy's in a he's ton in of a stuff. Ton yeah, of stuff. He, he's That's great. That's a really yeah. fucking veteran uh, And obviously, right Taylor there. Lautner, um, I mean, I just think about other stuff I've seen him in. He seems to be a fun, nice guy. Well, that's the thing is like really about everybody and this seems pretty cool i mean robert oh, yeah. pattinson's been in some amazing shit oh yeah i i robert pattinson i think kristen stewart's great i i watch her hot ones interview i'm i just watched it the other i already night. have a crush on her i was but, frankly hoping to watch it to strengthen my hate in her but and i was like oh, work. yeah she's, she's all right she's, she's cool fine. Yeah. and she was good in uh was it adventureland adventureland she's also she's good in that. really good in lizzie which is on shutter her oh that's Claude a lizzie Borden yeah. thing yeah. i remember you talking about that yeah she's she's getting a ton of stuff she played fucking joan jett in the runaways right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and i still haven't seen the lighthouse yet but oh I've heard yeah. That yeah robert pattinson is good he's our future batman like he's a good fucking actor the thing that I think just comes across here is that you got some good actors like uh, Robert Pattinson, Kristen Stewart. I think Anna Kendrick is great. Christian Serratos. Uh, Anna Kendrick and Christian Serratos play her two like non-vampire friends. Yeah. And Christian Serratos looks so much like uh, AOC. Like uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, <laughs> She's, holy she looks shit. so much like her. She totally it's like does. Teenage version of AOC. Dude, we were watching it last night, and I was like. 
who did she remind me of? <laughs> Fucking AOC. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God, dude. But they're all great. It's just like they have nothing to work There's with. I've work seen with. them in yeah. other stuff and they're good and they're not good in this and it can't be their fault. It's not their fault. That That's yeah. honestly the thing that I really took about this after, again, having read the book and watched the movie is like, they can't be blamed for their characters being fucking no. shot to shit. They were no. just following orders, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but in this case, nobody died. <laughs> just people lost. People spent too much money watching it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, dude. So fucking, so fucking bad. And I think that their on-screen chemistry is exemplified in what I have in my notes as five minutes of hell. <laughs> the wood scene. The wood yeah. scene, dude. The scene, like in the middle of this movie. When Bella gets to school, she walks up to the woods, Edward follows her, and it is just five minutes of all the goddamn dumbest lines I've probably ever heard in a movie. I know you are. I am what? Vampire. Yeah, vampire. I'd be scary. You know what we eat? (laughs) And he's like, you need to see me in sunlight. And then gives her this hyperspeed piggyback ride. Like, Which is cute. I mean, it's like... It's I, dumb as shit. It's super dumb. It's fucking stupid. It's like, I, be, I bet that would be something if, if a cute guy you liked did that, you'd be like, oh, adorable. If that was in What We Do in the Shadows, it would be funny. Yeah, it'd be funny. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, is this is supposed it's to be supposed this to be like... serious. Serious, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Relationship building scene. And he hyperspeed piggyback rides her yeah. through the fucking woods... Up into a large tree. and Yeah, into a big clearing up at the top. And he's like, this is what I am. And then he uh, sparkles. Yeah. Okay, again, this is Mormon bullshit. Um, <laughs> the idea that you can look at a person who's Mormon and just tell by their shine. Like, they, they just shine different. Is that a thing? Yeah, they look different. Like what fucking Scatman Crothers would talk about? No, no, more just like you can see the light coming out of their eyes or whatever. And I can see the enforced happiness in their their grin. I mean, uh, uh, there's a lot. There's the other Mormon, big Mormon thing about vampirism in this is like that they're this mysterious family that's so different from everybody. But when you get to know them, they're actually pretty normal. Sounds like Mormons. Sounds like Mormons, yeah. Dude, he gets up there and he's all glimmering in the fucking sunlight, which we'll mm-hmm. get into the vampire lore of this bullshit in a second, but she's like, it's like diamonds. And he says, it's the skin of a killer, Bella. <laughs> it's the skin of a killer. This motherfucker is gaslighting our girl. Like, over and over and over, he has, he is taking things and being like, oh, you think that's beautiful? Here's the dirty side of it. But guess what? It's dangerous. I know so much, so much mysterious stuff that no one else God knows. God damn, dude. And in, in, seriously, like in the book, he's good at everything. Yeah. He's just fucking effortlessly good at everything. Well, and in the book, she is bad at everything, but everyone admires her constantly for everything. Fuck me, dude. Right? <laughs> yeah, he says, it's the skin of a killer. He goes on to elaborate that he's the world's mm-hmm. most dangerous predator. He's a perfect killer. She's yeah. like, oh, I don't care. And then he's like, I want to kill you. Yeah, and she's like, I'm not scared of you. This is women writing love letters to Ted Bundy. It this is. This is what this is. Yeah, and th- this, by the way, there's a subreddit called uh, Men Writing Women. You could throw anything from Stephanie Meyer in there, and people would be like, yeah, that man can't write a woman. Jesus Christ. But that's a fucking woman writing a woman. She can't write a woman. She, it makes no sense. She can't dive in because there's nothing to dive into the the depth of mormon 
like being a Mormon woman, not saying Mormon women, women are much deeper than that, no matter what they are. But the depth of a Mormon woman is very shallow because it is, this is all you can that's be. That's all you experience. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Then he goes on to say that she's like his personal brand of heroin. Yeah, which is like a play on words that works in writing, maybe, but also not something uh, one anyone would say. No. Or that makes any sense because she's not a hero in any way. So she doesn't. She's not a heroine. Yeah. And then, dude, seriously, like every line in this entire five minute sequence is just trying to one up the stupidness of the last line. It really, yeah, it is a back and And forth of like, I bet I could say something stupider than you. Dude, and. At the end of the day, we all lose. <laughs> we do. Because the thing is, is like this entire fucking dumbass scene, mm-hmm. it's doing all this shit. And then there's the whole, so then the lion fell in love with the lamb. What a stupid lamb. What a sick masochistic lion. What does he mean there? Okay. I, all right. What? I, all right. I, I would, I'll realize that a 17-year-old who knows the word masochist is going to probably use it in a wrong way. Sure. But this is an almost 100-year-old who knows the word masochist and has been going to school for the entirety of his life. For whatever the fuck reason. For whatever the fuck reason. Still need to talk about that. Okay, so what is the masochistic part for him? The masochistic part would be him staying with the girl and not turning into a vampire, so she has to age and die. That would be the masochistic in front of him. Part, that would right. be masochistic. Yeah. So he's, but he's refusing to turn her into a vampire, which like I guess furthers the masochism, but that's also sadism. Yeah. He's being sadistic to himself and to her. He is much more of a sadist than he is a masochist. It would seem that way. Yeah. What a sadistic lion if he said that would have been much deeper and more uh, meaningful i would have been like that's something nobody would ever say but yeah. it, at least it makes sense yeah saying but that's the thing that i really Fuck. hate about it is when he says what a masochistic lion it's more of his fucking gaslighting it's more of him yeah. saying like oh this is so much harder on this me this is tough on me this is so Ooh. tough on me oh god even being around you is so hard for me it's so she's like weird oh you don't have shit. to try don't try it's okay yeah it's just more weird pedophile grooming yeah shit mm-hmm. and then after all that you get the whole yeah bella's back at home three things i was certain of <laughs> <laughs> of course i'm obviously paraphrasing but yeah the, the whole like he's a vampire yeah he wants to drink my blood and i was irreversibly Irrevocably, irrevocably in, in love, love with, with him. him for what fucking reason there doesn't even have, that's the thing is it doesn't have to have a reason and as a, as a teenage girl she can be a little confused and not really sure of herself to just say god damn it i want that fucking dick so bad yeah i just want to fuck yes maybe that's all because that is, if actually. she said that it would make so much yeah, sense well, okay that makes sense like, all right cool like, I mean, you can't help whose dick you want, right? Like, you you just want to have sex with some people. Adults learn, like, that would be bad for me and the entire world around me. I'm not going to have sex with that person. They're a fucking train wreck. Yeah. She's 17. I would get, I want that dick so bad. I don't get. Which, again, could play into this being a good cautionary tale. Yeah. Don't Again. just don't just give in to your attractions that's, and so on. Yeah. No, this is just embrace that cautionary shit. tale. 
This guy's bad for you. He's bad for you. Everybody keeps saying he's bad for you. Oh, turns out he's bad for you. He's bad for you. You're dead. Like that's how that, that's how that novel works. Whereas in this works the exact same way, except oh, lucky he can make you undead, and you can live with him forever. Yeah, and now you're better than you were before. Holy shit! So don't even worry about like, if dude, your crazy gaslighting boyfriend murders you because he's abusive. He'll bring you back to he's life. He's killed people. Yeah, he has killed people. Yeah, he's not. He's telling her that. He's he's killed people. He wants to kill you. Uh huh. He wanted to kill those people in the alley that were about to assault her. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's where that's where the bullshit actually comes in for me. He can't kiss her without wanting to drink her blood, but he can read the minds of five guys that want to gang rape his girlfriend and not kill them. <laughs> that dude is full of fucking bullshit. I can that. tell you this right now, as a, as a guy who well, used hurt to another be Mormon man. and hurt another had man. to stop some makeout sessions. I it's a lot easier to be like I'm not gonna have sex with you than wait a second. You guys were gonna try to gang rape my girlfriend, <laughs> and I have the power to destroy you all. Effortless, not a big deal. Not gonna get my Volvo, <laughs> my super safe yeah. car. <laughs> yeah, a super safe car where I'm not worried about the goddamn seatbelt, but the safety features. She, the Volvo thing is not just a movie thing; makes no it's sense. a book thing. It makes zero fucking sense. Yeah, it's in the it's in the book too that he drives a Volvo, but also like all the vampires love to drive ultra fast. So it's like, why don't you drive a fucking Ferrari? Or you're, you're rich he as shit. Runs faster than his car. We see that in the baseball game. God damn, the baseball. Fucking, Jesus, the man, this is going to be a five-hour episode. We haven't talked about baseball games or the fact that baseball is a big element of this movie somehow. Why all the baseball? Why all the baseball? Her mom's boyfriend plays baseball. Her dad only watches baseball, which her mom apparently mentioned when she left the dad for a baseball player. <laughs> I don't want somebody that just watches baseball. I want somebody that plays baseball. Right. Her mom calls her Real and her boyfriend boy. is in the background hitting baseballs in a batting cage. <laughs> and it's then like they this play weird... a vampire baseball game. <laughs> it's like this weird like psychological like Kubrickian thread that just yeah. runs through the movie. Well, see, that's the thing. Women desire balls. That's That's what it seems like <laughs> to me, actually, is that probably came from the writer's workshops. Because first off, I'll tell you this. 100%. No matter what. Yeah, you need other people to teach you how to write. But also, 200%, no matter what, when you're an adult, any class you're taking is a class you're taking with your competition, and anything they say to you needs to be taken with 8 million grains of salt. Okay, yeah. Because they may be trying to destroy you. Yeah. It's just a truth. If you're competing, why would they help you? So this seems like something I think may have come from those writers workshops where somebody was like, oh, you mentioned that like her husband really liked baseball. Like maybe she left maybe him for a baseball up. player. Ooh. Oh, and maybe Bella gets found out by these bad vampires while playing baseball. <laughs> right. Dude, this fucking baseball game. And even it, dude, in the book, I think it's maybe even dumber. 
Because it, of course, lasts longer. Yeah, I bet. But in the movie, they go out to play baseball, and they're all wearing these like old timey baseball uniforms. Yeah, and it, but they're not. Not one person is wearing a full a complete uniform. outfit. They're all no. wearing pieces of uniforms, which means that whoever they got to do the costuming was like, we got like two baseball uniforms, and they were split like, them amongst just yourself, split them just amongst share. The people. Everybody, <laughs> grab a piece. That's your outfit. <laughs> this whole fucking baseball game bullshit is just. Yeah. So fucking They have to dumb. play baseball during a thunderstorm so people won't hear the sounds of the bat and think there's thunder. The, we just have to deal with these logics that she built in here that she must have thought like, oh, airtight logic. That's not airtight logic. People hear thunder off in the distance. They're not going to go... I should check the meteorological Where's that survey. From? Wait, there's no actual thunder right now? Hang on. I'm going to go check out that field off in the distance. So vampires need to play their baseball during thunderstorms, but they can just go to high school and masquerade as teenagers all over the country. Right. They and definitely will get found but, out then. But, dude, the reasoning behind them going to high school is. So they can live in the community for longer. No, they fucking me, can't. Let no, me just, they fucking let can't. Let me just tell you this. 17 looks like 18. And none of them look like 18. They all look like they're in their mid-20s. So just move there and say, I'm 18. I don't fucking understand this even for a second. Because, like, you even go into their house and he has that entire, like, mural thing of Victorian fucking yeah. graduation caps. Yeah. Which shows... They've been doing this forever. You've been going to high school for a hundred years. For one, that shit's got to get fucking old. Just I go can't, to I can't even hang around high schoolers for 30 minutes right now before being like these fucking young, dumb people. They could disappear in college. They could vanish. Like, it's not like one of them is like Horus in fucking Near Dark. Yeah. And it's like, you're eight. You have to pretend to be a kid. Yeah. Like you said, all of them look minimum 18. Mm-hmm. Do none of these fucking moron vampires know how to score a fake ID that says, I'm 19, I graduated from high school, and I moved to this town, and just live your fucking life? Are these vampires so fucking dumb that they can't figure out how to escape high school? High school? <laughs> it's dumb. It's real dumb. And why would you continue to frequent high schools in different towns all over the country Unless you were just a fucking pedophile. Yeah, that's the only reason I can think of. To be around that young stuff, dude. I can, I can get being in like being a 20-year-old and be like, I miss high school so much easier. I didn't have a job. I didn't have to do shit. Nobody held me accountable for anything. I get that. Once you're 30, nobody's saying, I want to go back to high school. No. Because once you're a hundred, what the once fuck you're a hundred, what the fuck would you ever want to go back to an institution that treated you like a prisoner that they had to hope didn't get shot during the day, so they didn't have to explain, oh, somebody got shot. And you go to it eight hours a day, every fucking day, every fucking day. That's what you want to and do. Hang, when you're and 100? you hang out with high schoolers. I'll tell you right now, you'd have to pay me a lot of money to hang out with high schoolers. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. And, and people do pay me money to hang out with high schoolers and teach them guitar. Yeah. And it's, it makes money. Yeah. Probably still not the thing you would do on your free time. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. It's, it, it's crazy, man. To me, it's just like the fact that they can't come up with any better plan than, I don't know, we'll go to this town and y'all pretend to be high schoolers, mm -hmm. I guess, so you can get that young stuff. It's just fucking gross, dude. Yeah, see, because, okay, this would have made 
a whole lot more sense. If Edward Cullen were part of an evil vampire family that moved from town to town Creeped to find 17, 16, 17-year-old girls that they could bring into their harem, fucking yes, that all makes sense. I get that. And if Edward is like, I don't want to be like my family, I get that. Boom, you've already got a better vampire story. That's already better. Because the villains are connected to him instead of just appearing for some random reason. Dude, here's the thing. What up? I'm Lil Wayne. I'm Chad Kroger. I'm Stevie (laughs) Nicks. (laughs) That's the the trio of bad vampires Uh there. As near as I can tell, the baddies in this are just trying to eat. They're just vampires. They're just trying to fucking eat. Yeah. And They're trying they to stay hidden. Accidentally run alive. into these asshole vampires who are like, no, 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 we just want to molest kids. We just want to prey on children. Jesus, get out of here, you weirdos. What are you, eating people? No, we want to keep them alive and fuck them. Mm-hmm. We eat animals. Where's we the fuck ba- teenagers. Okay. And, and also, what is the fucking deal with this movie and vegetarian or veganism? Oh, Because, like, yeah. I don't get it. Because, like, in this fucking movie and in the book, you know, Edward explains that they they just eat animals. They yeah, don't they, eat, they, they don't he eat says humans. they're like va- vegetarian vampires. Yeah. yeah, and she's like, "Can you survive that way?" And he's like, "Oh, it's kind of like being a vegetarian. It's like it's like eating just tofu and plants where <laughs> you can never be satisfied." And it's like, dude, I've I'm, had vegetarian I'm, dishes that I'm have satisfied me. I'm pretty fucking sure yeah. that millions of people all over the world eat vegetarian. Eat tofu and vegetables. I, and India live has just a fine. billion people. They eat a lot of vegetables. I They're think a lot of okay. a lot of Buddhists. Yeah, I'm pretty sure just eat vegetables and stuff, mm-hmm. and they're fine. They're not just barely surviving. Yeah, and they're not constant. Like you don't. But, it, but but again, doesn't that just speak of that limited, sheltered? Yeah, it's, it speaks of the limited worldview. So the villains in this dude are just such a tacked on piece of bullshit. Like, dude, mm-hmm. you are three quarters of the way through this movie. They play baseball, and then they're like, oh, uh, in order for this to be a story, uh, there needs to be conflict, and something bad mm-hmm. needs to happen. Yeah. And I was expecting this to be one of those things that the movie just did badly. No, the book is the same way. <laughs> like, you've had three quarters of the book just being like, I'm falling in love with the vampire. He's so beautiful. It's like the face of a destroying angel. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I'm going to rewrite this in Caveman. Vampire. Pretty. Me vampire, me no pretty. <laughs> you vampire, you pretty. <laughs> me vampire, me no pretty. Me want be vampire, you no want be vampire. <laughs> you should do like a whole series of like <laughs> caveman Cave, versions caveman of these synopsis. shitty stories. <laughs> yeah, caveman synopsis. There you go. Trademark and lovely. That's yeah. fantastic. Mm-hmm. I actually really like there that. There we go. But like in the book, it's the same deal where it's like three quarters of the way through. It's like, oh... Uh, fuck, I forgot to put some kind of conflict in here. I was just so obsessed about girl falling in love with really hot guy. I forgot. <laughs> I wanted everyone to know how hot he is. Yeah. <laughs> I got so wrapped up in letting people know how hot he is that I forgot that there should be some sort of source of conflict. So now there's bad vampires and mm-hmm. they want to eat belly. Eat belly. Eat, eat belly. <laughs> eat belly. Eat belly, Bella. Mm-hmm. Only she runs off, but they track her, even though they could just be like, well, they could eat anybody. We'll just eat anybody. And they could be patient about tracking her. They could be like, you know what? I will track her eventually. Well, especially because like in the book and stuff, they emphasize they're basically immortal. Like, they yeah, don't, they don't, so they, they, they have don't have to breathe. There's no 
reason why they would ever be on a time clock. No. It even makes it clear that, like, you can't really starve to death when you're yeah. a vampire. So... So why the fuck are they so obsessed with her? Like, yeah. there is no goddamn reason There's also Bella no reason why unique. one of them decides, like, or desirable. I don't like the other two. You guys should be careful around them. Dude. I'm out. Yeah, fucking... I'm gonna, uh, go, I'm gonna go write the Carter. <laughs> fuck y'all. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, that dude, like, the black vampire <laughs> guy, just, like, he shows up, he's all intimidating, then, like, Literally two minutes later, he's like, "Yo, James is coming after y'all." I'm yeah. kind of tired of his bullshit, so I'm yeah. out. The fuck? Why? <laughs> the fuck? Why? It is just so tacked on. Yeah. It, it, it seriously just like Stephanie was just so obsessed with writing this mm -hmm. fucking stupid ass love story yep. that she's obsessed with that mm -hmm. she forgot. Like, oh, I have to have a plot in here somewhere. And they appear way later in the book than they actually do in the movie. Because in the movie, we see them kill that factory guy, and then oh, they kill the right. boat guy and yeah. stuff. But I like, played Santa one time. Great. Great fucking character introduction <laughs> there. Wow, I care about this fucking guy. It's just horseshit, dude. The whole villains it's real horseshit. aren't villains. It's just such a tacked-on stupid part of this story. Uh -huh. Almost as tacked-on as the entire lore of vampires. Yeah. Which... Wow, what incredible uh, exposition! Yeah, where our main, our main heroine here finds out the entire lore of vampires by using Google. Yeah, well, she looks at a couple books. Not in the fucking book. Not she in does the, it. not in the book. I I do know that. Yeah, it, but in dude, the movie, they gave her a better. Like, they did better. Yeah, yeah. She goes and she goes to the library. She goes, yeah. she like Hermione is it a little yeah. bit. But Seriously, in, in the book, she's like it's just like I googled vampires. Two thousand five Google should yeah. do it. I found vampiresa-to-z.com <laughs> and read about all of them. Also, I love in this and how, like, you know, Jacob tells her kind of some of the, like, werewolf yeah. lore of, like, the yeah, indigenous the people and Q stuff. Culette or yeah, whatever. And he talks about the cold one. She Googles cold one, doesn't even find one beer. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. I mean, if you're Googling, yeah. let's just Google a cold one. You're well, definitely here, pulling up a crispy Budweiser. Here's the interesting thing about the research scene is that I'm assuming that is how Stephanie Meyer did her research. So she just wrote a chapter where she was like, I went to the library today. Dude. <laughs> I looked on Google for these things. These are the things I found. And the way that Bella acts is like as if she's never heard of a vampire before. And also, too, that, dude, Okay, that is something I can buy into a world where vampires don't exist, but that is not the case. No. This is a case where vampires exist and there's tons of research about them. She should know that a vampire is a thing. And Edward and them are so goddamn fucking bad at hiding being vampires. Not even trying. They don't even try. No. They don't even try to hide it. It's so obvious. Yeah. Like, they look inhuman. Yeah. So... Just, like, I, I would assume, like, there's no way you get to the point where you're like, maybe we can live in normal society because you'd all be like, no, I'm looking at you and you don't look like a human. You look like a fucking vampire. And you're in your own little group all the time and y'all never eat food. Mm -hmm. And anytime it's sunny out, you guys don't come to school. What? Come <laughs> the fuck on. Seriously. If you're trying to hide as a vampire and make your existence not known... Why in the fuck would you keep enrolling in high school? It makes no sense. That's just so goddamn just stupid. the dumbest. And why, like, why keep interacting with normal society? Like, it would be like me walking into a chicken coop and talking to the chicken. <laughs> like, 
I, I am one of you. I don't truly need to. You don't <laughs> actually need to. Just gonna eat them. My God, man, it's just so it's just so fucking stupid. And yeah, the lore of vampires in this, like, yeah. there's some myths where it's like, yeah, they can go out in the sun, but they don't because they get all sparkly and sexy. When yeah, they it do. becomes clear they're vampires. That's if they're fucking in the sun. stupid. Mm-hmm. It's clear they're vampires all the fucking time. Yes, it is. They, I guess, can uh, can leap tall buildings in a single bound. Yeah, they're jumpers. These vamps. We've seen that in other vampires. That's yeah. not too outrageous. They're not transformers. They don't turn into bats or mist no, or anything they like don't. this. They have um, poisonous fangs. I guess the rules in this. Well, are they like, don't have fangs so much. Yeah, they don't have fangs. They don't have like the snap outs or yeah. the permanent fixture fangs. It's just their regular teeth, but somehow they're pushing something through the teeth. I'm gonna tell you what. Human teeth not really made to bite into raw no, surface flesh. They're not. Yeah, you got more flat teeth than you have like inside. We got a few pointies, but yeah. it's not most of them. Like you would really have to exert some major strength to mm-hmm. bite into a person, yeah. you know. But the lore in this is like according to what we see with Bella, as soon as you get nipped, like it's it's like getting rabies from a dog where mm-hmm. it's like you don't have to have all of your blood sucked out of your body or like a transfusion kind of scenario. Like you get bit and you're immediately infected with the vampire yeah. virus mm-hmm. or what the fuck ever. But also I guess you can kind of suck it out like a <laughs> yeah. snake venom. Or but you can't suck out venom. snake venom. So you can suck it out like something unlike anything in the entire world. It's just so <laughs> fucking stupid. So wait, do they volunteer? Uh, is it a... A choice they make when they bite to push out venom? Because he bites her to suck the venom out. Hey, yeah. God damn it, I don't know. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Like, I, just, I don't know, and I don't the, care. I'll be honest, the only thing about vampires that uh, people... The Twilight vampires that people got so upset about is the one thing where I'm like, I don't give a shit. Twinkly skin. Twinkly skin. Whatever. Okay. Fine. You've given me a reason to not put them in sunlight. Yep, that's enough. If you're saying the sunlight won't kill them, but it outs them as a it vampire. Okay. Okay, cool. I'm fine with that. That's not it. my problem. I'll my problem it. is everything else they do. It's it's just garbage. It's just garbage, man. I don't understand their relationship. I don't understand their stupid lore. I don't understand why they keep going to high school. I don't understand why Belle is so special and unique to them. Oh, yeah. Like, she shows up like she's Harry Potter, and it's like, well, oh, Harry, the chosen po- one. Harry Potter did something. I mean, not much of anything, but he did something. Yeah. That's why people know who he is. They know the story about his parents, and he's the boy who lived. She's just... Bella. I mean, she's pretty. I get that she's pretty, but there are a lot of pretty girls at that school. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't see why everybody, including the girls, would go gaga over her. No. It's crazy. This movie makes me feel like I'm on drugs. Yeah. Like, when I watch this movie, it... I mean, honestly, like, whenever I watched it the first time and I was really, really, really on drugs, Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm on drugs. This is why this movie feels so weird. (laughs) I watched it last night just drinking some tequila and stuff, and I was like, no, this movie feels like it was made by somebody on a ton of drugs. Yeah. Like it it makes me feel like more fucked up than like Argento movies and stuff. We've talked about like mm-hmm. Argento movies feel like an alien made a movie about how he thinks humans interact. Yeah. This makes less sense than that. It really does. That's true. Remember sure remember does. that remember that part where <laughs> Edward takes her to prom? Yeah. 
And even oh, though she can't dance, what a character trait. Yeah, but he can hold her up and dance yeah. her. And he's like, you By should the way, go. That right there. Just seriously, the conception of, oh, you can't dance? I'll dance you. Let a man dance you. What the fuck is that? What if, what if that was a pickup line? Let, Let a, a man, man dance, dance you. <laughs> you can't dance? Let a man dance you. <laughs> but yeah, so there's... There, He's dancing her at the prom, and then... And also, he's like, prom is an important rite of passage. They're there for 30 seconds. Wave hi to a few friends. He's like, do you want to leave? And she's like, yeah. (laughs) Let's get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Let's go become a vampire. (laughs) Make me a vampire. But yo, who's watching from the window across the street? (laughs) Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks is like, y'all done killed Jack Kroger. Made little Wayne leave me. (laughs) You I'm can get go mine. Your own way. Wait, what? <laughs> you must never break the chain, <laughs> she says. <laughs> yeah, she, uh, she doesn't want you to go your own way. Uh uh-uh, uh. Don't no. be breaking that chain. <laughs> Such just fucking stupid, silliness bullshit, Steve. Yeah, but like, why, I hate this movie. Like, I hate why it. the setup for the sequel? All of the books. I think we're out by the time the movie came out. It was out. already a cultural phenomenon. It was already yeah. like, yeah, the sequel's gonna happen. You could just have them be at the prom and him be like, I'm not gonna turn you into a vampire. The end. Or, and her, she could say, we'll see, or whatever it is. She yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's just it's horseshit. It's dog shit. Yeah, I hate I, it. I absolutely hate the book. I think that actually the movie is worse. Uh, I'm seriously, at, I'm seriously at odds here because I'm like, both are absolute fucking shit. Yeah. It's like one of them is like dog shit, and then the other one is like dog diarrhea all over your sheets. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yes. It's like yeah. they're both, in any context, not great. Yeah, but the other one's way worse. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I'm so at odds because it's like, okay, the book at least fleshes some things out maybe better. Yeah. But it also takes like way longer to get through mm-hmm. so it's l- more time with this fucking bullshit yeah whereas i'm like this movie is absolute fucking garbage yeah but it only takes two hours of my time as opposed to you know fucking whatever 20 hour audiobook of my time yeah i would agree that because like i mean that that has to be the feeling of anybody who's read a bad book then watched the movie adaptation of it. Yeah. It's just like, well, at least it was sh- It was shorter. shorter. Yeah. So I seriously don't know which one I hate more. I think I understand the appeal of the movie less than the book because if you just watch this movie, there's even less reason for these two to be obsessed with each other and mm-hmm. so on. Yeah. Uh, but it does take less time than reading that Godforsaken <laughs> it does. book. It does. It saves some time. This is the worst movie that we've done on the show. This is my least favorite movie that we've yeah, done. Yeah, I mean, I, I uh, if we hadn't have done that thing where we went through and said, like, our worst movies we had done up to this point, I wouldn't have really thought of it. But, yes. After thinking of the worst movies we've done to this point, watching this is harder even than watching Jeepers Scrapers. Yeah. Because... Well, the movie itself is better. Yeah. Than Twilight, like Jeepers Creepers, is a better, better watch movie, yeah. Than this, I mean, you learn all the stuff about Victor Salve, and you're like, oh yeah, no, yeah, fuck, fuck that. Any support, right? For this. But at least the creeper design is cool, and yeah, it's not terrible. There's no merits to this movie. There, there aren't. Yeah, it looks because like even shit. the good actors in this aren't good in. They're this not good because in this, there's yeah. nothing 
to be good about. Yeah. Soundtrack is dog shit. The editing is dog shit. The look is fucking horrible. Mm -hmm. The story is non-existent. Yeah. This is all a fucking dumpster fire, and it makes me disappointed that so many humans found something to connect with in this. Yeah, that's actually, yeah, that's always going to be the major thing for me is that not, not that this exists. That's fine. Anybody can write a book. It's that so many people read it to the point that she was making $40 million a year in 2010. I mean, and ultimately, like I said, at the end of the last episode, it's like, it's ultimately that people just love hearing their voices. People love hearing the sound of their own voice. People Which means that hearing... this is their voice. That's what I'm saying. And that's fucking scary. That makes me extremely disappointed. Yeah. People should have better standards for themselves and better ideas mm-hmm. of forming relationships other than chase the hottest thing that you can find, even if he is yeah. literally a murderer and stalks yeah. you and watches you while you fucking sleep and yeah. treats you like a fucking child. If he's an old man who hangs around high schools, I don't know, like Roy Moore or something. Or, yeah. Yeah. That... But Maybe if he's he, hot, it's okay. If he's hot, he's okay. Yeah, Roy Moore barely lost. Yeah. Like, we just always have to remember that, that he barely, barely. lost. Jeffrey Epstein was murdered in his prison cell, and most people don't care about the fact that he was the provider of children to fuck to tons and tons of powerful tons. people. Yeah. They it just, makes me disappointed in humanity that this is a success. You yeah, know? and that's why this is one of the worst movies ever like, made. Because can, it makes you disappointed in humanity. I can watch Jeepers Creepers and be like, the box office for this was huge because it's a scary movie with a monster and yada yada yeah, yada. Yeah, Justin Long was in it. And, and it, like you said, it, it hit all the like early 2000s yeah. popular horror movie And points. most people don't even do the research. And yeah, they yeah, don't but care. who made it? Where, yeah. where was the sausage made? Exactly. In a pedophile's house, you know? <laughs> oh, that's a weird place to make sausage. <laughs> yeah. I'll have some. Exactly. This tastes like a boy. <laughs> oh, but people watch this movie and connected with it, and that makes me sad. Yeah. Yeah, me too. How are you rating this fucking piece zero. of shit? It's a zero. It's, it's a, a negative. It, it's it a zero. It earned zero. This earned a zero. I don't like anything about it. It doesn't deserve any sort of credit for any reason. And anybody <laughs> who's listening to this right now thinking that we're being too harsh on this, watch it. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I don't know what the about. fuck you're talking about. It is... It, we're being very gentle by even saying all the positive things we have said about it. It still doesn't deserve that. No. It doesn't deserve us trying to defend Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson as good uh, actors. Because in this, it doesn't matter if they're good or not. They're terrible. They're terrible in this. They're terrible in this. Yeah. You can, I can go out of my way to try to explain how Mormons are and defend Stephanie Meyer. There's no defense. This is bad. She wrote a bad fucking book that a lot of people liked and it makes me upset that people enjoy it same. and think that this is how the world is. Yep, same, man, same. <sighs> I I think I would be right there alongside you with a zero because yeah. I would be very stoked to never watch this again. <laughs> I think that... <laughs> I think the fact that I just read the book and then saw this movie and saw that it actually is a fantastic book to movie translation... Oh, he deserves some points for that, I guess. I'm going to give it a point five. That's good. Yeah. But because I watch this and I go, 
it's not Robert mm-hmm. Pattinson or Kristen Stewart or any of the filmmakers' fault that this is such a piece of shit. And it seems like everybody who signed on knew what they were doing. Like, everybody who signed on was like, oh, it's a piece of shit we're making that's going to make a lot of money Got because it. people are, are fat way idiots, into it and we're doing a very faithful adaptation to that piece of shit that they like. Yeah. I mean, it's the same way that, like, whenever I watch, I don't know, like, like Fight Club or something like that, where I'm uh-huh. like, this isn't a direct translation of the book, but it really mm-hmm. captures the tone. It does, yeah. Lord of the Rings, Lord same of the Rings, way. Same. Yeah. Lots of stuff you skipped, don't, but yeah, the tone is really there. Yeah, I don't need to really see there. Tom Bombadil as yeah, much exactly. as everybody wants, but yeah. This movie really does capture the completely vapid, mm-hmm. shallow, stupid bullshit that the book put out there yep. perfectly. Mm-hmm. It really does. So for it's that, terrible. I am giving it 0.5. Yay! <laughs> you did it! <laughs> you did it! You God. captured the shit. I hope that you guys have enjoyed listening to this because y'all yeah. voted on this motherfucker. Oh, and shout out to uh, Maddie Jones and Matt Palmer who live in Utah. <laughs> and I, I don't know if they're former Mormons, but they've definitely dealt with all the shit I was y'all talking about. Them? Maybe they've got some some input. Let us know. Yeah, let us know on the Facebook page yeah. or the Discord or whatever. Yeah. You know. So I hope you guys have enjoyed this. this. Is our last of our No Vampire 2019 series. This one was voted on by you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I hope that you all have enjoyed it. And we'll do some more. Yeah, vampire you know they're gonna bring year. it back next November. Uh, dude, We're doing all four breaking of these. Breaking Dawn you or what the fuck ever, <laughs> dude. I, I I literally don't remember the other ones. I will not read the books. Yeah. I won't. I, I why? The, the thing is that they don't improve. They came out sequentially each year for four years. And she, when she finished the first one, basically just like, sit down and write the next one, I guess. Sit down and write the next one after that. Like there was no, like if you immediately succeed with a bad book, why would you improve? Why would you change it? Yeah. Why would you you get better? better? No, this is fine. This is clearly working. So more. Mm -hmm. Oh man. Now, next week on the show, we will be doing, insert Steve telling us what movie we're going to be doing next time because we're going to do a drawing. Next week, we'll be reviewing Session 9. Yay! Yeah, I look forward to covering that. Man, I can't that. wait until we do I that one. Wait. That it's one's going to be, be a fun. Lot of fun, man. <laughs> I'm looking forward to talking about that one. So you guys be sure to tune in. Next week, we'll be talking about that flick and a bunch of other bullshit. If you guys have enjoyed, be sure to rate and review on iTunes. I'm not seeing near enough reviews popping up lately. Where are the reviews at? I need more. So you guys be sure to go in there, drop us a quick review ski. It would help us out a ton. If you enjoy the show and want to help support it, well, you can visit our Patreon page. Yeah, patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Yeah. Go on over there, become a patron. If you become a $5 patron, you can submit a movie. Uh, As Ben said, we this movie was suggested by patrons in fact every movie we did this this month was suggested by patrons and next week we'll be doing a patreon uh suggested film which is blank Mm -hmm. so you guys be sure to tune in for that drop some dollar papers if you enjoy the show well, thank you all so much. You guys can follow us on social media, Instagram. Yeah, blah, at blah, Dead blah. Lovely Pod. We have t-shirts for sale. Uh, small through extra large, $25. XXL through triple XL are 28 Email us at deadandlovelypod at gmail.com with your order and your address. I'll send you back a price. You PayPal us. I send you those shirts. Then you wear a shirt and you become super fucking They're hot. really comfortable. They're really great yeah. shirts. They really are. Well, you guys have been absolutely fantastic. This has been another fun month of No Vampire. We will catch you guys next week. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening to us. 
just ramble on and on about all this bullshit. You guys are fantastic. Hope you're having a good week. You all have been fan-fucking-tastic. We have been dead and lovely. What a stupid dead. What a masochistic lovely. Bye. (laughs) So, updates from Living in the City, week number two or three now. It's do or die, I hear. There's some good things, there's some bad things. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead with the bad things. Mm-hmm. There's construction in the building on the uh, storefronts and stuff that are below us. Yeah, that sucks. Okay. It's honestly not so much that there's construction and they're working on it and stuff. It's that all of that moving and shaking they're doing there let loose a fuck ton of mice into the building. Oh, shit. Yeah. So like, Yeah, that's going to happen. These are older buildings. Yeah, exactly. They, I mean, you're never getting all the mice out of here. It's yeah. downtown. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So a couple of days ago, had a mice or two, a, a mice or two. A mice Several, two. several a, a mice. A mice or twice. A mice or twice, it's called. <laughs> Run around the place, and I was like, God damn, city living shit. But then, mm-hmm. you know what we did? Called the super, and they called a fucking exterminator. And they dealt with it. it's not my not problem. Not your fucking problem. Yeah, your building, mm-hmm. it's your problem. Yep. And we haven't seen any in days, so I'm going to call that a plus. Mm. Also, walking down the street the other day, Crazy homeless lady in the neighborhood said, you look just like Steve Perry. Dude. I said, I'll take it. Thank you. So when I went just a a second ago to get my glasses and and came back, as I was walking across the street, this lady with about four teeth rolled down her window and yelled, dude, you got a fat ass. (laughs) (laughs) No way. And then everybody in the car laughed and they drove off and I gave them a thumbs up. Stevie Thick. Yeah. I mean, I got a big ass. All right. (laughs) City life. City life.